Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, the webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf from the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and you know what? we got another solo show today. But uh, this is going to be uh, another abridged show, uh, as we're going to be back live again next week uh, for a full show. So I just wanted to catch up with you guys coming off of Armed Forces Day 3, which we had this past Saturday, which was a fantastic turnout, a fantastic tournament for a, uh, for a great cause. And uh, kind of go through some of the news and some of the other things uh, that are kind of current. And then we've got a great look back segment for all you guys that I think you're really going to enjoy. This is a, um, a little bit more of a comical uh, show that we did uh, last year uh, where uh, everybody was really worried about Randy, the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming. So we got that coming up. And um, so it, there's going to be some video to it. It's mostly going to be audio. So grab those uh, models you want to paint and, and, and listen to a, um, a great show. But there is, uh, like I said, there is some video to it as well. So, uh, yeah, so that's what's happening uh, for, for this week's show. But next week we are going to be back um, live uh, for a full show for the full Grimdark Live experience. So um, just wanted to really reiterate, and we're going to get into this a little bit more in the news, um, that I, I really... Uh, appreciate everything that uh, everyone has done uh, to help out with Armed Forces Day 3 and make it a very successful uh, tournament. Um, But you know what, we'll be right back uh, with more on that um, coming up in the news uh, for the show. Hey, you grimdark goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. All right, we are back. We got the news coming up, and we are going to get into it. Uh, there's actually a, a, a pretty good amount of news that's uh, that's happening in the uh, in the world of, uh, of Warhammer. So, starting it off, we got the rumor engine that we're going to be getting into right now, and uh, it's funny because this looks this looks to me like a uh, orky orc type of uh, shoulder skull to me. Um, I think there was another rumor engine recently that, that hinted towards new Iron Jaws. I think we talked about it on the show, but I, I don't quite remember that off the top of my head. But I think we did. It seems like we did. Uh, but it also looks similar to the skull on the shoulder of, say, a, a Mega Boss. That's kind of why I'm thinking it, it could be something uh, destruction-related, which would be kind of surprising considering the last rumor engines and things like that have kind of hinted more towards um, vampires, uh, death. Um, it does remind me of... Um, uh, the Varengard horse, the Chaos Varengard horse, a little bit. 
uh, could be a close-up of something like that or or chaos belly maw like kind of a, a, a neural thing kind of a mutation um, most uh, of the um, the monster designs uh, of other armies have have either lips or, or scales uh, and this really has neither so it could be uh, something more uh, chaos I don't know let me know what you think leave it in the comment section down below and let me know what you think about that uh, but moving on in the news uh, we have Blood Bowl back in the news I know we talked about this a little bit last week as well but Blood Bowl second season edition Blood Bowl 2020 and I, I gotta tell you I really love how much the character uh, the, the, the care the character that this new game has uh, the miniatures especially I'm, I'm gonna reiterate on that I know that we talked about that last week as well but uh, it looks like um, Chaos Renegades can now take uh, a thrower uh, and a rat ogre. So I know that some of the rules have been just dropping and uh, getting some leaks on that. And I just hope that, that they will release a, a PDF for already released uh, star player rules, uh, but, with, but without the models. Um, I, I have the, uh, uh, or I've seen, or I, and I, I wanted to pick up, I shouldn't say I have it, but uh, the, the Frog Mutant as well. Um, so I'm, I'm slowly thinking about getting into, um, uh, Blood Bowl, not, not quite sure. Uh, but recently, as I was saying before, there's been a, a series of leaks of rules for this season, uh, that, that look to be pretty great. One, one off the top of my head is, uh, there's the, the, the leap, the leap rule has been leaked. And I guess there's a pretty big change with that as well. I guess everyone can, can leap over, um, a prone or a stunned player, uh, I guess, um, a jumping, um, uh, has a has a cost improvement. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that is, but I was reading about that on the boards. Uh, and now you have a negative one per tackle zone uh, at starting or or arrival, which uh, whichever is greater. So I know that the leap skill uh, reduce the um, uh, some of the players' abilities. So it looks like some of the things are kind of hot and cold on this thing. And I'm, I'm still trying to get into this as as a as a brand new Blood Bowl player, but from what I've seen. Um, and, and heard people are kind of excited about uh, about this, but you know, Blood Bowl always seems to have a very uh, positive um, uh, impact on the community, and, and there's a very almost like a, a a smaller percentage of the community plays it, but they're but they're pretty rich as far as their involvement. You know, they're they're very um, I don't say fanatical, but they, they they really do like the game. But uh, moving on in the news, we've got. Underworlds is back. So this one's kind of interesting because Underworlds, uh, there's going to be two new warbands on the pre-orders uh, next week. And the pre-orders next week uh, for these uh, uh, Warhammer Underworlds are going to be with two new rosters, dice, and cards. And it looks like we're going to be getting orcs and daughters. And I know that back in the, uh, uh, back in maybe two months ago or whatever it was, I know that uh, GW was having their, their Saturday reveals, you know, because of COVID, they were having the Saturday reveals. And so um, I know that these were kind of hinted at at that time. But yeah, it looks like we're getting orcs and daughters. And, uh, you know, I get what you're thinking. Uh, when, when, I, when I state that, um, you know, this, uh, it seems like to me, um, there's, there's already, we've already gotten a lot of, uh, orcs already. So, um, you know, not really quite sure how I feel about that. I think the, the, the daughter's models are pretty cool. I hope that the age of Sigmar rules for them, uh, kind of transfer well into the game. So, uh, we'll have to see. I mean, uh, I, I like the, I like the underworld's models more for the game of age of Sigmar than the actual game of underworlds itself, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, the last part of the news is uh, we've got uh, Armed Forces Day 3. We just wrapped up with that, um, and it's a wrap. Another successful year for Armed Forces Day Tournament. Um, please uh, stay tuned. 
For more to come on Armed Forces Day 4, uh, we're going to have more details on this tournament for the 2021 year coming up within the next few months, so please stay tuned for that. Uh, and of course, Armed Forces Day 3 wouldn't have been possible without the sport of GameStorm Gaming, Frag Factory 3D Printing, Ministomp.com, and Six Squared Studios. Uh, you, the help of these companies and vendors is just over the top. Um, but this past Saturday was far more than a mere tournament, which I think we... Um, were the first tournament outside of COVID, I believe, in, in the United States. Uh, but, but don't quote me on that, um, but I'll keep saying that until um, shown otherwise. You know, I, I do think we were the, the first tournament out of COVID, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, hey, you know, hit myself in the shoulder, pat myself on the back a little bit. That's all of us, not me, but all of us. Um, boy, that sounded kind of, you know, wrong, didn't it? No, but I, I, think, I think we were the first um, tournament outside of COVID, and I want to thank everybody for participating, you know, so... Yeah, this past Saturday, we had Armed Forces Day Tournament, uh, the first tournament since COVID-19 lockdown back on March 13th, and, and it was a blast. We had 26 players in attendance, masks on, everybody wore masks, hand sanitizer at every table, and, and we did it. I think we made the, uh, the the community very proud. As a matter of fact, um, you know, some of the final donation numbers are coming in, and it looks like uh, it looks like we raised uh, over $1,000 um, for... Um, for the uh, USO and for um, uh, prize support, 220 of that about went for prize support for the uh, for the different uh, players. You know, of course, we had we had best overall, we had uh, best general of each of each Grand Alliance, uh, best hobby and best sports, and and we raised another uh, 575 for the Montford Point Marine Association. So we're looking to expand the tournament next year and do uh, more. So, uh, yeah. So I mean, I you know what? I I really can't thank the community enough for. Um, what they what they did to help out this tournament uh, really makes me very very proud but yeah so that's pretty much everything we have in the news this week so that's a wrap with the news but coming up right after the uh the break uh we are going to get into a uh, a look back segment that i think you're all really going to enjoy and then as i said next week we are going to be back live for our show stay tuned Public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forest, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. 
Okay, coming up, we've got a great look back show uh, from last year. It's more of a comical show. We got some video content to it, but for the most part, it's audio. So get those uh, models out and um, start uh, painting and, and listen to a great look back show. And, and Grimdark Live will be back live next week for a full show. So thank you guys for, for hanging in there with us, and uh, we'll see you again uh, live next week. So, but uh, let's uh, let's let's get into this great look back show. Wait, wait a minute. There's something wrong here. What is happening? Get ready, Grimdark goons, to time travel back in time to a Grimdark Live show segment from the past. The, the past? A segment from a show back in time. Get ready, Grimdark goons. Here we go. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, my co-host, Sean, Gary, and not Randy. Fellas, what do you hear? What do you say? Uh, we got LVO coming up, so I am basically waiting for news to drop, and I'll let you guys know what we got. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Gary, you uh, you got some you got some toxic stuff you're going to be joining I got in with me. I got to get off my chest. Do it, man. Do it. So, but, right uh, now, we don't have that kind of, I'm like, you want me to tell my segment? I'll go right now. I don't care. Oh well, we're, we are going to get there, man. We are going to get there. We we got we got a lot to go through today, and I tell you what, we we're all kind of in a visceral mood, man. I don't know if it's the, you know, first of the month. It's all kind of getting on us. I mean, it's just uh, this is going to be this is going to be a good one today. We're really going to test our guests. We got a couple of good guys back with us, and one guy new and one guy back with us, and it's going to be a it's going to be a good time. But Gary, I'll tell you what, man. I heard uh, I talked to your doctor. Uh, you know, talked to him on the phone this morning. He was telling me that the test results came in that that you're actually not pregnant at no. all. No, but I am still an asshole. So. Well, thank God, thank God, that. congratulations! I'm, I'm. I know I'm that's going to free you up on what, eight hundred bucks a month child support? Well, God, boy, I tell you, I was a little concerned, especially because the color was off. Oh, I know, right? But I, you know, but you know, with that, uh, with with that, we've got the rumor engine and the question of the day. So we got uh, we got a lot of good stuff. We're going to be uh, we're going to be going through today on the uh, on the show, but. You know, guys, uh, as many of you heard at the top of the show, our co-host and dear friend Randy is is unable to make it this evening. Uh, often, you may have heard us say many, many times that Randy is the nicest guy in tabletop gaming. But his generosity and kindness doesn't stop at the tabletop. No, no, it uh, it extends to his main career as a male stripper. Um, he was famous for his stage name as the Long Dong Ranger. And uh, it is with great concern that we here at Grimdark Live report that while he was performing his famous hide-a-ho silver routine, he was injured. Uh, the uh, the third cartwheel that he performed, um, he, uh, he slipped and he fell on his stunt midget. It is, uh, it is with great luck that uh, Randy survived this perilous stunt. We believe that it was uh, the amount of glitter and whipped cream all over the stage made for unsafe twerking conditions. We were, uh, we were lucky to have this photo of the incident after it occurred just outside of Cupid's Warehouse Bar and Grill. And the stunt midget, however, he didn't make it. Uh, there, there is a funeral arrangement currently being made for, as, as we all affectionately knew him on a stage name, Mr. Giggleberries. Services will be held at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle in Spanish Fork, Utah. The, uh, the Mormon community is just devastated. So we, uh, we really hope a speedy recovery for our great friend, Randy. Many of you uh, knew him uh, as uh, Long Dong Ranger. So let's hope he makes a right. speedy, speedy recovery. In case you didn't notice, he has the best front butt in the business. I tell you what, he, uh, Randy, we're all, uh, 
as, as, as they say in the community, buddy, we're behind you, sweetie. All right. <laughs> it wasn't even that. <laughs> His car broke down. So it, uh, I think I'm killing Steve. So Someone you know what? Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. So so, but hey, but if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience and new to our YouTube channel, please uh, <laughs> click on the subscribe button and the, the Grimdark skull icon for reminders on all of our upcoming and past shows. Grimdark Live is recorded before a live listening audience and placed on YouTube, podcasts, and further type media files for your added listening preference. And you can learn more about the Grimdark Live experience by going to our website at www.grimdarklive.com, where you can have access to all of our War Meat calendar updates, upcoming tournaments, and other, some other good Grimdark stuff we uh, we have to offer. But, you know, if you wanted to uh, support Grimdark in a, in a more personal way, uh, then you could always head over to our website and become a gang member. Um, by, by becoming a gang member, gang member you, can, uh, uh, you can enter our website. And enter the Nerd Bunker to become a patron of the show. We have six different levels of patronage, all of which help us to continue to bring you great content every week. And by selecting one of these listed patron tiers, you'll be officially enrolled as a Grimdark gang and uh, gain access to all of the the Nerd Bunker and everything that it has to offer, such as uh, Warhammer Weekend coverage, Fluff and Meta, uh, new game tactics, Breakfast with Grimdark, and discounts on Grimdark Live painting services, merchandise, and sponsored or supported events. Also, by becoming a Grimdark gang member and by gaining access to Grimdark Live Nerd Bunker, you'll also get Grimdark swag, qualify for an annual present from Grimdark Live, and a ton more. So become a patron and become part of the best gang on tabletop warfare, the Grimdark gang. We uh, we thank you in advance for, for considering your patronage to... Um, to Grimdark Live. And uh, and as always, today's show is brought to you by Grognard Games. Stop in and see Todd and the gang there. You can visit them at 839 North Roselle Road, Roselle, Illinois, or get them at grognardgames.com. Buy, build, and battle at Grognard Games. All right, gang, we uh, we got through all of that and the, the very sad news about uh, about our friend Randy. So uh, it's time for the show, man. Let's, uh, let's get this thing rolling. So we got guests. Our first of two guests that are here with us this evening is uh, is a new guest here with us on Grimdark Live, and that's August Klemp. August, thank you very much for joining us today, buddy. Welcome to Grimdark Live. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. So, did you did you know Randy, or have you ever seen him perform at all? I have not had the privilege of seeing him in action. No. Yeah. Well, You're not missing much. Just say it. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, he, he, he could, he could do the sideways bacon sandwich better than you've ever seen anybody do it. It was really something to see. So we wish him a, a speedy recovery. But, uh, but so, so you're here to, to, to talk to us a little bit about your experience as a gamer in the community in both uh, 40k and Age of Sigmar, right? Yep. Are those? How, let me ask you a question though. Before we get any further, how are those beasts of chaos coming <clears> out? They're coming eventually. I'll tell you that. <laughs> now you play both 40k and age of sigmar correct i play those and i'm starting to get into lord of the rings as well you are a busy 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 guy so here's the thing out of lord of the rings 40k and age of sigmar what do you prefer i think i've always preferred the more fantasy aspect i do like 40k it has its own i'm out of here niche. gary you okay with that man see I'm look what you here. did you already upset gary <laughs> you know he, it's the same thing no, but I've always preferred the more historical, like fantasy aspect. Okay, more the more the Lord of the Rings, or as Gary would say, the the Harry Potter. I guess one could say that. Slinging, <laughs> slinging fireballs and lightning bolts. Yeah, lightning bolt. So, do you do you do you play any other tabletop games besides those three? Uh, I played Kill Team for a little bit, um, but I haven't played anything non GW. Okay. 
All right. Well, there's a, there's a lot of exciting stuff uh, uh, coming up here, uh, you know, in, in, in the community and also in the, in the gaming world. I mean, I think we've said a lot and many times that this is definitely probably the best time that I can recall um, to, to be to be a, a tabletop gamer. So tell us a little bit about uh, our, real quickly before we introduce our second guest. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you, you came into the hobby. You know, how did what 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 got you involved in in this this game or both of these games or all three of these games, I should say. So. I think it was about in 2009, my father took me to the store in Shorewood and introduced me to the game. He had known it beforehand, but didn't really play it too much. Um, went there and I immediately loved it. I was like, this is amazing and I want more. So I ended up getting all three of the games pretty pretty quickly. Um, I took the bad side of each of them, you know, like the goblins and the orcs and all that. And I think... I pretty quickly learned that I like the fantasy more. Okay. So I rode, rode with that. Once the Shorewood store closed, I went uh, to the bunker. And I think that's where I met uh, Steve and a couple other guys that I knew. And they really helped me become more involved with the hobby. So, you know, and I would say more competitive, I guess, like making better armies, actually getting stuff painted, um, learning better tactics and stuff like that. Okay, so so how long ago was that, that that you went there and actually when you met Steve for the first time? So how roughly how long ago was that? I would say it was twenty thirteen ish. Okay, so that so that was about the time his restraining order was lifted. So uh, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's yeah. That make that does make sense. So so speaking of that, our second guest is a returning contributor here with us this evening here on Grimdark Live, and and uh, that's the Iron Jawed Rat Bastard himself, Steve. Steve, buddy, good to have you back, bro. How you been? You are the most demented man I have ever met in my life. You can't say that about Gary. Why would you say that? He's, it's, it's close, but you're going to Gary, 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 have they found him yet? Is the medication working? No, he's still Honestly working not. in the library. You know, I, don't, I don't I, I, I have what to say, Pat, that your opening is, um, um, uh, you're just deplorable. You're just what, like a what are you talking about? I mean, here, here's the thing. No, I don't think. Look, look at this. Look at poor Randy there, laid out like that. I mean, how? I don't know why you'd say he that. He's car I, trouble. He needs a new car. He's car shopping. Is is that what they call that move now? I thought, I, I thought it, I thought it was the triple Lindy. I don't know is what. He I mean, car shopping for an ambulance. No, the triple Lindy is a very hard dive that only one person can actually execute. Well, he, he took he, he took a hard dive. There was a lot of whipped cream on that stage. Pat, do you, you think know, you're going to enjoy prison? These, these are things, you know, here's, here's you know, he will, but nobody else will. Randy, here's the thing. I, you know, if you're listening out there, I'm trying to defend you, God, you know, and, and I'm so sorry about your stunt midget. He, uh, he just, he was a, he was a cute little bastard. Any rate, so Steve, before you, you know, you could, in the world. You could stop insulting me now. So, so, so you're here to, 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 to talk to us about Skaven as well as, uh, insulting us a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We're here to talk Skaven. <laughs> That's it, and and you know, and also on that, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be chiming in on a little. <laughs> you, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna wait wait before I get onto this. I have I have to I have to step back here a little bit and give give Gary a little props, you know, because back oh, in back no well, hold on be very well, careful. Here's the thing: if you guys remember back in late October in one of our shows, I have it written up here in a in a, in a post-it here. Where we decided, and, and Steve, was, right, so where we decided what we thought was going to be the number one army 
in 2019 for fantasy. Oh, and, fair and, and, and Steve, you remember you picked high elves or, or some yeah. variation of that. Right? I did. I did. Sean, and I still stand by it. Yeah. Sean, you and I picked Slanash, right? Randy, you know, here, I got to show everyone that picture again. That's just so sad. He's <laughs> laid up there. You know, I'm going to just, just, you know, Randy, Randy you know, we thoroughly apologize to you wherever you are. Rand, Randy, he picked, he picked get mobs and, uh, and I know why he did it too. They're small, just like a stunt midget. And, uh, and Gary, I got, I got to tip my hat to you, man. You asked what are Skaven? That was your pick for the best army in 2019. And you want to know something? I think you're going to be right, bud. I really honestly think you're going to be right. I think that's going to be the one that is going to overtake uh, the, the Nagash curse that's been on this freaking hobby for almost two years. Steve, would you agree with that? Uh, variations of the army. Yes, I would. Um, the the Scryer build, the, even the Scryer build that you can do right now is quite capable of wiping him off the table by turn two. But um, we'll talk a little bit about it more as we move on here. Yeah, absolutely. But you're also here to talk to us a little bit about the uh, the topic of tournament scoring. I know that, uh, you know, Sean and, and of course, you know, Gary, he, he's probably got more experience, uh, you know, TOing, you know, games than, than, than any of us combined. But I mean, Sean, you're even going to chime in on some of the, the tournament scoring uh, bitching that's been happening out there, right? Some of the. Uh... Sure. And I, I know that uh, it's always it's always the same thing. Hey, did I just surprise you there? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Like, what um, are you doing? <laughs> Who uh, are you people? What's going on? Only if August could figure out what the hell is going on. So yeah, we're yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about tournament scoring and, and that old topic of composite scoring versus you know straight tally scores. Uh, you know, good stuff, <laughs> good stuff. So so Steve, how you been, bud? I kind of interrupted you on that question before, or actually, you insulted me. That's how it was. Yeah. Oh, I'm not done. There's we have a whole show. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole bucket full of insults. We started yet. As a matter of fact, Gary and I are thinking of tag teaming on you tonight. It'll be a triple threat match. <laughs> There, there we go. Yeah, I'm used to that. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> you've been waiting all night to say that to me. And you, you open that door. I don't know what time. So. That's it. So, so, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. You know, Steve. You know, it's, it's, it's. I want to say this to you directly, Steve. It's just if we were sitting next to each other. So here's the thing. You know, it's, it's a little cold outside. You know, to be to be running around without any clothes on, and and I presume with the news of the Skaven release, you've been joyously nude since the announcement. Am I right or wrong on that one? Yeah, uh, you would be wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth, I'm um, and I have to, and I have to be honest about it. I'm really not that impressed with what I've seen so far. I think the Skaven are getting the Beastman treatment. Um, I've looked at the endless spells and I'm not impressed. I don't see anything there that is earth shattering. Um, but the Skaven really don't need a lot of models. They had a basically a new line that came out. I think it was back in 2009, 2010, somewhere in there where they were, when they released the new Skaven. Well, models. the end times, they came out with yeah. end times. But yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you don't need to redo Storm Fiends. You don't need to redo any of the War Machines. Everything is fine. The Clan Rats are fine. The Storm Vermin are fine. The only thing that army really needs uh, updating um, are, the are the metal models. And there's only a few of them anyways. And the ones that they don't want, they're phasing out. So in my opinion, I think the Skaven is, um, is already a tough army. It's already a strong army. But I think this is going to... Uh, help people create those lists that they've wanted to make since eighth edition. 
All right, that was that, that's an interesting perspective. I would have thought differently coming from you. Um, no, because, because I have I, to be honest that, uh, about them as an army. I, I don't think that uh, they're going to be the earth-shattering army that everyone thinks they're going to be. I think they're going to be great at shooting if you take a scryer list. Absolutely. I mean, storm fiends, warp cannons, Gisales, give me a break. I mean, any big okay. monster, you're dead. All right. But you still have I get to it. be able to, you know, fight the rest of their army, which, you know, Skaven is quite capable of doing. Of course. Of course. August, what say you on the Skaven, bud? I would agree with uh, what Steve says. They're already one of the more complete armies out there. If you look at stuff like even my Flesh Eater Courts, it's a very limited number of units, whereas Skaven have whole ranges of these different uh, exactly. factions to choose from. So they really didn't need anything else. No. Just a unified bring them together. Okay. And I'm going to tell you the list that you, uh, the army you better watch out for is this new flesh of your courts. I think people are truly overlooking them. Uh, I am. I can say that I am right now. Well, I, I'll tell you, when you have the ability to take zombie dragon lords as your battle line, uh, we've just opened up a whole new world. Well, that's a really good point. And, you know, and, and I kind of wanted to focus this show a little more towards towards the Skaven this week yeah. and really get more into the uh, to the Flesh Eaters next week. But, you know, sure. the, the interesting thing about it is um, uh, I, I got to tell you, I'm a little put back <clears throat> on my heels. I mean, I'm going to throw this over to Gary. Do you, do you remember, Gary, how did you come up with the Skaven ba back in late October, man? What, what was the thought on that? Do you know? Well, I don't know how it is on the AOS side of it, but in 40K, Horde armies do very well. But not many people play them because it's a task to play them. And when I look at AOS and I think which one would be the best horde army, it was Skaven. And I really didn't see much of any other one. Granted, that's due to lack of knowledge. I know there's one out there you can put a ton of skeleton where the case may be, but I just pictured that being a very pain in the uh, behind to deal with on the table. Well, hordes hordes are uh, the same in, in Age of Sigmar, especially in, in some armies where you can keep bringing those skeletons back. But you know, Skaven have always been that army, and we're going to you know get into this here a little bit you know towards the middle of the show here. But Skaven have always been that army that um, whenever you think you have them beat, those little bastards can come out of nowhere and and take the game right from you. Yes, and, they were and, known and, for that. And, and and my belief right now, and, and Sean, I'm going to ask you the same thing here in a second. But um, you know, my my whole belief right now is, I think this is going to be the legions of Nagash killer army right here. This is going to be. I I still see it that way. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have thought that uh, <laughs> Flesh Eater Courts was going to be the new beastmen, beast of chaos, ilk type of book, where maybe they have they would have to take you know, oddball units like, you know, say the Zangors, you know, when you have to bring them in to, to a beastman unit to really make it a stronger list, I, I you know, maybe something in death they would have to, to bring in. But um, that's just really interesting. I did not expect this to go in that, that direction. This is actually kind of cool. Sean, what say you on this, man? What are, are, are Skaven, uh, are they, uh, are they, are they good or are they a dud? I don't know. Well, I'm, I think they're good now. They just need some good allegiance abilities and the ability yep. to actually allow them to play by themselves. Because, I mean, all right, you got the Scryer list, which is basically, you know, nothing but pure shooting, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's nothing but the huge uh, brass that shoot guns. Storm huge fiends. Rat ogres. Yep, Storm Fiends. And then you got uh, the uh, – you'll see some parts of the plague, like in like a Nurgle army, just because you'll see Plague Monk. Plague monks in a Nurgle list, just so that they can put a, a 
blades of petrification on them. So for every six, it'll pop a mortal wound. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. We'll see. I'm hoping there right. will be a little more. They'll come out with some stuff to give each faction. So like, like with the beastmen, you'll have the g- different gray fairy. Uh, the great phrase with Skaven, you'll have the the clans. Yeah, so. they've already announced that, Sean. Actually, yeah. it's um, yeah, uh, that's exactly what they're doing. Yep. Wasn't isn't the there four... like ten? There's like six, and then each, or there's like four traits, and then each one has like well, six or something like that. I can't remember all four, the details. Yeah, there's four of the main clans. Uh, you have Verminous, Pestilence, Scryer, and Molder. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then uh, basically each one of those clans is getting their own like command abilities and command traits. So uh, the army that I used to play years ago, Sean, the one that you know you came to know and love. Uh, that army is basically going to be happening again, except on a much more deadlier scale. What Skaven always needed to make them the army that they've always been uh, is a union of the clans. They never should have separated the clans. Now that they've fixed that, this army's right back where it needs to be. And it will yeah. be the Nagash killer. I will I will put my money on it. And for anyone out there who plays Nagash, I guarantee you he will be dead by turn two. Well, here's the thing. Okay, okay, but let's go let's go back to that statement then, because that's kind of where I was leaning in the beginning of the game here. And we and we got and we're really gonna get into this later. Maybe we're jumping the gun here, but but okay, let's I'll tell you what, let's save that. Let's save that because sure. you know, your your point right there is kind of was sharing <clears throat> what, what my original sentiment was, but now we're kind of we're kind of saying in the beginning, well, they're 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 going to be kind of beastman like, but yet maybe they're not going to be as strong no, no. as I thought. Well, maybe I didn't make myself clear with that. When okay. I say beastman like, in other words, there's not going to be anything really new model wise. In other words, we're not going to get a whole plethora of new units uh, to, to 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 you know buy and build. We're basically keeping okay. the, the same line that we've had, but the same line that we've had is outstanding. So there's really no reason to create anything other than maybe like new gutter runners or new Gisales because they're, you know, because they're metal. But no, my uh, my point was not that they were going to be a dud. My point was that the um, that the book itself is is basically going to be the focal point of the release uh not so much models because they don't need i got the you They've okay already got them so so speaking of new units august well let's let's uh let's kind of touch here a little bit let's do an early touch on the uh on on the flesh eater courts i mean any what, what can you tell us that what do you know or what can you tell us a little bit about the flesh eater courts and, and what do you think is going to make them uh good bad or ugly well they're already ugly but what's going to make them uh what's going to make them better than i think they are well like uh steve was talking about the ability to take zombie dragons or terrorgeist as battle line is huge and i really think that's gonna the way that i want to go with it because i have a couple of terrorgeist and i think that would be amazing to run a list like that and that's that's still somewhat of a horde army right i mean i mean you could take uh i mean i mean there there's there's uh a lot you can do there as far as having some big beasties like that, you know, backing up those, those horde armies. So are do you, you obviously already have a, a flesh eater quartz uh, army. Yeah. So I do have a little bit, I probably have about 2000 points and you're right. You have options. You could go uh, lots of the ghouls and go hordish. You could go kind of mid-level infantry with the, the crypt whores or the flares 
and then you have the big big dragon so you really have options which i think is is key for any army yeah, I, I kind of hope that they that they kind of um, take care of the flesh eater courts a little bit better than they did when their their last battle tome came out in, in mid 2016, because I, I always thought that as a as a as an army their battalions were were pretty damn good, but their units weren't that good. You know, it's almost like if you're going to pay all those those points for the battalions, you needed a, a unit that could kind of back it up a little bit. I've always thought that the abhorrent ghoul king and a zombie dragon was a little lackluster. Um, I almost I almost thought he was a better model or better unit to take when he wasn't on the dragon um didn't really see too many vargolf uh, courtiers on the table but uh you know crypt gassed courtiers were always a, a beast but the crypt ghouls i thought were the kind of the, the unsung heroes and those are the ones you always saw in the uh um in horde armies i guess you know crypt flares were kind of like a um should have been but the you know the crypt horrors were what i saw most of but let me ask you a question do you think there's going to be any new units or have you heard about any new units in uh, flesh eater courts I don't know about any new units. I don't think they need it. I think that they just needed to revamp the army and bring it into the second edition because they, exactly. they were one of those armies like, you know, armies that got early books like Seraphon or, you know. Iron Sir Jaws, yeah. Iron mm -hmm. Jaws that suffered from being an older Beast Claw Raiders, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. I mean. Sean, what say you, man? What uh, what do you think? What do, what do you think of the uh, what, what's going to happen with the uh, early quick little snippet here into the Flesh Eater Courts? I don't know why you keep calling them a horde army. I play nothing but terror guys and zombie dragons. I mean, I don't know what the, why you would play anything but, but, you know, I guess you need to hold objectives. You, you, you did say horde, right? Sure. Let's okay. go with that. Right. Got it. I don't know. What, hey, I just, I'm only, I, I got, I'm hard of hearing. Gary, Moving on. What, uh, what, what about you, buddy? What say, I mean, any, anything to add on this one? Uh, no, not from that. It, it's difficult because I need to play more to understand more to give a uh, solid opinion on the outside of it. But if you're talking about tweaks and changes, I think just about every army can have tweaks and changes to it to make it more balanced or make it better. So. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But uh, but yeah, we are definitely going to be touching on the uh, the flesh eater courts uh, next week for sure with that release coming out, and we're going to be getting heavier into uh, the Skaven, and we've got uh, we got a couple of guys here, especially the the rat bastard himself, Steve, that are going to be able to really kind of get uh, get talking about those things. But but uh, here we are. The uh, generally at this point in the show, uh, usually it's the first show of the month. We uh, we kind of take a look back at the, uh, the the white dwarf from uh, from a year earlier. So. Today we are going to be looking at the uh, the White Dwarf from February of uh, 2018, and this was um, this was a pretty good issue. This one actually almost got me into uh, into playing the uh, the custodes. I mean, um, this one was kind of good. Wait, wait, wait! You mean collecting custodes? Damn it, Gary! I mean, <laughs> unbelievable! I, you know, hey, unbelievable! I, believe it. Ah. Uh, Oh, all right. Let me pick myself off. See, see, see what they do to me, August. You see this crap? Every every show they beat the hell out of me well, like this. Only you know if that, you would actually play a game, we wouldn't have to do this to you. Correct. Ouch. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, White Dwarf, February 2018. So uh, this was a pretty good issue. I mean, this thing was was mainly on Malign Portents and Adeptus uh, Custodes, and uh, it, it had designers' notes for for both. It had a really good interview with uh, Phil Kelly. I don't know if uh, if you guys know who that is. He's a pretty contributing uh, guy on, on rules for both uh, Age of Sigmar and, and 40K. Um, it also got into 
some pretty cool giveaways. You know, they had a uh, they had a chat book from Black Library that that that, that came with it. They had cards from the uh, the heroes of the Black Reach board game. And uh, they had a downloadable code giving you free access to three missions from the new Warhammer 40K, or at that time, the new four, uh, Warhammer 40K Inquisitor uh, Martyr computer game. So um, the, the issue mainly uh, talked on Malign Portents and, and Adeptus Custodes, like, uh, like I said before. And the interesting thing about this one was it really kind of talked about uh, in both areas, a lot of background and, and depth. And, and it was, uh, it, if you really want to kind of get an idea of what the sentiment was with Malign Portents or uh, the Adeptus Custodes, I would definitely recommend this as a, as a reference if you if you read it at one time and, and forgot about it. You know, um, uh, this this article has some Adeptus Custodes in, in action uh, in that month's uh, battle report. Uh, where they uh, they took on Necrons, and that was uh, Gary. What do you think about that one? If you, if you take a guess at who wins that one, uh, well, Necrons are involved. It's not them. So yeah, exactly. They're not. Um, the <laughs> there is uh, the third part of this thing is, uh, is 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 a new adventure for Warhammer Quest: Shadows over Hammerhall, which which next month we're going to be talking about an army that came out of that uh, that Chris Peach had developed, which. It's probably one of my all-time favorite of my top three white dwarfs that ever ever came out. It was a fantastic uh, uh, um, army layout for his Age of Sigmar army. But they had stuff in there too for uh, Blood Bowl match report uh, and the, the second part of the the Search for the Stone narrative campaign for the Middle Earth battle um, um, companies. There was a brand new Necromunda scenario. Uh, the, the, the tactics for a thousand suns. What else? Uh, the realm of battles and uh, paint splatter, obviously paint splatter um, for the new Orlock gang. So um, that's the February 2018 White Dwarf. Uh, check it out a year ago. But it's interesting to see like where the uh, where the hobby has come because you know in this uh, in this this February is a big gold Stormcast on the cover, and <laughs> a year ago it was a big gold Custodes on on the cover. So the uh, February is a the gold month, so good stuff. But um, but yeah, so that was uh, a year ago. Uh, our look back at the White Dwarf from a year ago that we do at the top of every show, the first of the month. So, all right, guys, lead topic here it is: Skaven, Skaven incoming. So let's uh, let's definitely get into this. I mean, we know that um, Skaven are that uh, are that army, right? I mean, and again, notwithstanding Flesh Eater Court release, uh, they're, they're, they're both the pre-release is dropping this Saturday for both of them. Um, this week, we're going to specifically just talk on Skaven, and uh, uh, we're going to be getting into Flesh Eater Courts next week. So, um, again, you, as you kind of heard, if you're if you're just joining us, um, we've got um, Rat Bastard himself, Iron Jaw Steve, with us, and and August Klemp here to talk to us about uh, Skaven and, and some other good community uh, hobby topics throughout the show. But uh, you know, if, if you were listening early on, you might have heard me bring up that I felt Skaven. Uh, are going to be in the fantasy world, that number one army that is going to basically give us a little bit of reprieve, you know, maybe circumplant uh, the the legions of Nagash from that first place that they've held for almost two years now. And it'd be a real nice, nice break to get away from those uh, bony bastards. So, so as I said, uh, we've got one of the oldest rat bastards here to talk uh, on these rabid rodents. So, so let's get into this. Steve, you and every other Skaven mm -hmm. player uh, all of your prayers to the great horned rat have literally been answered, and then the Skaven are finally getting their battle tome of their own. So, Steve, give us a give us a little background here, and then August, I'm going to kind of pitch the ball to you here in a second. So, Steve, who are the Skaven? Well, the Skaven are pretty much one of the most malevolent races in the world of Warhammer. 
They have been behind every major story going all the way back uh, into the, you know, fourth, fifth edition of Warhammer. Um, they're behind it all. They, uh, they have saved the world, ironically, on more occasions than they are given credit for. And it's kind of funny right. because we always look at the Skaven as being, uh, you know, the, the great evil race that's trying to destroy the world. But in many ways, they've saved the world on, on, on occasions, uh, accidentally, of course. But if you go back to the history, like, you know how much I love Nagash. If you oh, yeah. go back through the history of Nagash, every time Nagash has tried to accomplish something, the Skaven have stopped him. They have well, screwed him over in some way. Isn't it some way, and, I, and you got to take me back in, into the history of the old rank and flank, the, the old world as it was known. Yes. Uh, August, I don't know how familiar you are. are you, how, how familiar are you with the, the previous uh, adorations of, of, of fantasy in the Warhammer world? Back then, I wasn't a huge like lore guy, but I do know the general stories of stuff. But Steve would be the more one to ask about this. Oh, yeah. So, so Steve, kind of take us a little bit back. So, so what is the correlation there between the Skaven and Nagash? I mean, there was, there was, a, there was kind of a storyline there. I mean, well, isn't somehow... Nagash, Nagash is trying to wipe out the world and, and make it a land of the dead, one big giant land of the dead. And that, of course, is inter interfering with the Council of Thirteen, you know, the rats that actually are behind the clans. And they weren't, they're not going to allow it. Um, what I sure. think is hilarious is that, you know, the, the Horned Rat is now part of the Skaven, or excuse me, the Chaos Pantheon. Yeah, that's going to last long. Right. Uh, he's, there, he's there for a reason. And I, yeah. I think that the storyline eventually is going to work its way out that the Horned Rat is not part of anything. The Horned Rat is uh, for himself and, and no one else. And right. His, his goal in the Chaos Pantheon is obviously to uh, sow the seeds of, of destruction within it. The Skaven, sure. have been, the Skaven have been behind every calamity that the world of Warhammer has ever known. For instance, the most recent one, Nagash was getting ready to cast the great, uh, uh, the great Necroquake which was going to destroy and literally rip the soul out of every living creature in the Warhammer world and make the world undead, every world, all the realms. And who stopped him? The Skaven. Did they do it to help the world? No. But that's what makes the Skaven so funny. Every Wasn't time... it kind of like an inadvertent mistake even on yeah, the Skaven's part? That, like, they, didn't, that, they didn't the intend on doing it, but the they wound up there. Yeah, that, that is the humor behind the Skaven. They are always in the right place at the right time, and they always end up screwing over Nagash or some other evil lord. Uh, it's just inevitable. They're into everything. They're everywhere. You can't get rid of them. They're, they're a race that is in the tens of millions. So they're everywhere. As a matter of fact, there was a story that in the Warhammer world that you literally could not throw a rock from any position you were standing in in any of the eight realms where the Skaven would not have a, a tunnel underneath the ground there. Like they are <laughs> literally a stone's throw away from wherever you're standing. Whether you're out in the plains of Gur or you're in the cities where they're just innumerable. The, the, the under empires they're known, right? The under empire is truly under everything. Yeah. So, so how, when did you actually start playing Skaven? I loved them from the very moment that I read their story. Um, their story is one of the creepiest stories in, in, in Warhammer. Um, and, I, and I'll just briefly go through it here. Uh, there was an ancient city 
Mordheim. Uh, uh, an ancient, no, not Mordheim. It was an ancient oh. city um, that had a name, which I can't recall at this point in time, but it eventually becomes Skavenblight. Well, this hooded figure comes to the city and these people are trying to finish a bell tower. This hooded figure comes to the city and says, I'll finish the bell tower for you. And so they agree to it. And what eventually ends up happening is, and, and everyone assumes that this hooded figure was actually the horned rat incarnate. And he basically builds this tower in the middle of this big, beautiful city. And then the sky starts to turn a greenish black. The bell tolls 13 times and the city is absolutely destroyed. The city is overrun by hordes of rats that are literally starting to get up on their feet and attack the citizens of this city. Well, this city eventually becomes what we you know, came to know in, in the old edition of Warhammer as Skavenblight. It's their capital. Uh, it, I, just felt, I just felt at the time when I read it, it was one of the creepiest stories that you could... I mean, we always have this, this fear of vermin. We have this fear of, of the bubonic plague and rats as, and being disease carriers. Well, and even, even felt, down, even down to the housewife standing on the, the the chair with the mouse in the kitchen or something like that. I mean, even down to something as similar. Yeah, or or I mean, Tom, we, Tom and Jerry. Remember who whoever yeah. the maid was? You can only see her uh, her her nylon legs hitting them, hitting Jerry with the broom or whatever. Well, that's because humans have always had a fear of rodents because they are the plague bringers. They are the disease carriers, and that's one of the reasons I just fell in love with Skaven because they had to be. They're such a creepy race. They're such a, a disturbing race, and. You know, we, we sit there and we look at Skaven, you know, on the tabletop. And we're like, oh, those weedy little things. You know, we're not afraid of them. Think of what it would be like to face an army of upright walking rats with with razor sharp teeth and red eyes. And they're, you know, coming at you by the. Well, thousands. I'll just have to like, find and raise an army of up, upright walking cats. <laughs> well, they haven't invented that army yet, Sean. They but, will. I mean, it, they're, they're just a terrifying army, if you think about it. because And they're, and they're completely completely immoral they they will uh they will capture people and experiment on them uh the clan molder literally is a frankenstein clan of the skaven they they will take spiders and snakes and beasts of the realms and uh cut them apart and put them back together with other parts i mean they're a monstrous horrible race and so, naturally, they've done very well in the world of Warhammer. Exactly. So, I guess, so, so, so okay, they're, they're one of the strangest and most sinister, I guess, you know, denizens in, in the mortal realms. You know, they're, they're, they're obviously a, a vile race of chaos-tainted rat mutants, like mutants, I guess, the best way to put it. I mean, but these guys are pretty, you know, ingenious. You know, they, they are cowardly and greedy, oh, but they're, they're I think they're ingenious. I, I think their 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 genius is something that gets kind of laughed at almost in, is like a comical thing. But they they really uh, they they really well, have you're some. You're talking about a race that literally built a rocket that was so powerful that it shot up into the sky in the end times and blew up Morsley the moon. It literally right. blew up the moon above the Warhammer world. I mean, we're talking about a race of creatures that literally carved out a whale and, and used it to descend down into <laughs> the Ideneth Deepkin. To find the Ideneth Deepkin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I that's mean, right. We're, we're talking a race that knows no limits of depravity. So, 
so August, you, you, you've been Perfect hearing this, man, and obviously, man. there you go. Oh, okay. All right. Say, say that one more time, man. Perfect army for the perfect man. Vile, but geniuses. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what I found interesting? And, and August, you know, what do you know about this? I mean, Skaven society, right? It, it's divided broadly, I guess, into, into different clans, like we said a little bit earlier. You know, each within their own distinct culture and, and, and ways of, of war, I guess, the best way to put it. Um, if, if you were going to play Skaven, who's your, who's your clan, man? You know, I actually did have a small Skaven army before and i always was drawn just to the basic clan rat you know okay would be clan verminous now just the basic clan because you have your stockpiling troops you got your horde army like gary was saying and you can just buy off all the extra things you need you can go to molder for your rats you can go to um pestilence for you know catapults your plague yeah and you can you you can get whatever you need but for me, it's just the clan rats. It's where the basis of your army starts. Gotcha. No, I I heard a rumor, and I don't know if this is true or not. I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, you know sidebarring here, but are clan rats no more? No, they're being repackaged. Um, I actually asked okay. someone okay. about that, and what's going on is uh, they're getting a repackaging, just like they've done with the ogres when they said that the ogre bulls were being no longer available. It's just a simple round repackaging. Bases. Yeah, they're going to round bases, exactly. Same thing's going to happen to the storm. Okay. All right. All right, good. Well, I, I was a little concerned. I don't know who I heard that from, but I, I had heard that, uh, that that the clan rats were, were getting kind well, of you the heard old, it the old me, Shandola. Because when I went online, we were talking oh, about Oh, yeah. Oftentimes, oftentimes you do lie to me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, we, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. Uh I saw it online. It said that they were no longer available. Well, I of course thought one of two things. Number one, they're possibly doing a new clan rat box based upon the, you know, the four different major clans. Like maybe you could outfit them differently or they're just simply reboxing them as Sean said, to, you know, to give them rounds. Okay. And, and you know, let me, let me go back to something you were mentioning before about their history. And the age of Sigmar stamp on the box. Sorry. <laughs> and, and yeah, and the age, <laughs> and the age of Sigmar stamp on the box. So let's kind of go back to this real quick. So, okay. We, we've already covered this, but we all know Skaven are the supreme meddlers of the, of the, of the, of all the realms. And Steve or, or August or Sean or anybody, you know, back me up on this or, or kind of bring me to, up to speed on this. Wasn't it the, Inter the interference of the assassins from the clan Eshin that caused Nagash's grand rit ritual at the end of, of end times uh, uh, yes. to uh, to go horribly awry while while yes, Strace cave and tunnelers were I guess indirectly responsible for you know oh. well like we talked about before revealing the idea of Deepkin but but these guys what was what was the, the whole background on that I mean clan Eshin actually uh, the assassins the the assassins of clan Eshin have always been uh, Nagash's Achilles heel. Uh, back in the back in the old world, they gave um, Al Qadazar, I believe his name was. They gave him the Fell Blade, which was this deadly Skaven blade made out of pure warp stone, and basically anything it touched, it destroyed. So they gave this weapon to this uh, Tomb King. He wasn't really a Tomb King, but he was part of like that Egyptian Empire as like a human king, and uh, they released him out of Nagash's prison gave him this weapon and the guy went and found a gosh and ended up killing him not killing him but at least you know expelling him for you know a couple millennia and 
who was behind it? The Skaven. Who gave him the sword? The Skaven. I mean, they've always been a thorn in Nagash's side since the very beginning of his storyline. That that is just, I mean, it, it's 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 hard not to not to just love these little bastards. You know, it's funny. I, I love their background. I love their backstory a lot. Like you know, you've heard me say before on the show, you know, Nurgle and all that. But I, I they're not my cup of tea. They're not my play style. I couldn't play them. But I will say that whenever I think of that one particular army across the across the table that that always kind of gives me the the spooks a little bit that i know i'm going to have a, a tough game regardless it's always skaven it really really is um yeah used to be that way in sixth seventh and eighth eighth edition too well, they were an army not to be played with well i mean yeah they, they are they are they've always been this army that uh is either gonna he's either gonna you know hit you harder than winter on welfare right in the beginning or or they're gonna they're gonna take your soul from you just when you think that you've won so that that's kind of the uh, the way that um that that army works but so let's go back always to this been. so so august what do you know about them i mean as far as what what's coming out and as far as the book you've kind of seen some of the things i mean what are you looking forward to as far as the uh the skaven are concerned I haven't looked too much into it, but for me, okay. I always like options. When I'm looking for armies, I want to have different paths that I can build. You know, I don't like it if I'm forced into, I have to play this way, like the current, like I have to play with Nagash. I don't like that. I would like with the different clans, if each of them is their own thing and are viable on their own or could be cons like concentrated together uh, to bring all the clans together into one army. I got, well, I, I think, well, we do know that's happening. I mean, and let's kind of get into that here a little bit. I mean, the book is, is comes out for pre-order this Saturday. Uh, it's going to be in everyone's sweaty palms the following Saturday. And and it's planned to really give us, um, you know, the, the whole Skaven that, that follow the long, strange story of the Skaven into the mortal realms. Obviously, it's going to be exploring the nature of the great horned rat, um, Steve, what are those things called, or, or August, or Sean, or, or maybe even Gary? You might even know what the gnaw holes. Am I saying that right? Yeah, they're called gnaw holes. They're basically these uh, warp gates. And okay. what you're going to be able to do with these is you're going to get three of them, and you're going to be able to place them uh, around the battlefield, just like uh, an undead player does with uh, tombstones and like the gravestones. And basically, you have to be wholly within six inches uh, of one of these gnaw holes. And then you can take that unit, move it through this warp gate, and come out on the other side of the table. They are going to be one of the deadliest of the ambushing armies now. They're going to be deep striking all over the place. Gary, what do you think about that, man? Well, Gene Stinnercolt is coming out as a very similar thing to that, to where you can, they're known for coming out of nowhere, so to speak. And I uh, think Skaven are no different than that. It's a great tactic. And I, much to what August had said, I, I like options too, but I also like the uniqueness. What makes me different than everybody else? That's one of the reasons why I pick Skaven, because I think they're largely different than everything else. So, And you know what's funny is I remember when we, when we had that discussion, and I don't remember what, uh, what, what number show it was. I think it was our 52nd or 53rd show we were talking about uh, – um, you know, uh, you know, what, what, what our predictions for, you know, 2019. And I remember thinking to myself, how the, how the heck does Gary know it's going to be Skaven? But I got to tell you, I laughed pretty much out loud when I saw uh, the, 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 the new book that was coming out and what they were planning on doing with combining all the clans again. And I just went, son of a 
bitch, Gary can't be right on fantasy too. I mean, he's kicking my ass on 40 K. Now he's got this thing down. And, and so, but I got to tell you, I, I gotta, I gotta, even though that wasn't my pick, I'll, I'll, I'll sit by it. I picked Slanish, but, um, Gary, I, I think uh, I think I think you might be right. I, I really think Skaven is going to be the army in 2019 to dethrone uh, Legions and Agash, I, I, and that's why well, I think I, I guarantee you that's going to happen. Well, well, here's the thing. Look at it this way, guys. What's the starter box? A Death Army versus Skaven Army. They're mm-hmm. kind of already telling us that. Look at the history that we just talked about as far as Skaven with Nagash and everything else. I mean, I'm telling you what. I'm thinking we're going to see like the. Uh, the title change here. I, I really do. But with that said, you know, in, in, you know, in Adepticon, you know, 2020, you know, we'll, we'll be playing out of our five games. We'll be playing uh, four of them will be Skaven armies probably. I don't know. Oh. Uh, that's one of the things I've always loved about Skaven is that they really are not an army that appeals to a broad range of gamer. Why do you think um, that is? It I'll, because of the nature of, of the Rodentia, they just don't, People just don't like rats. They don't like they don't like looking at them. And Skaven are, even though they can be a very beautiful army when they're painted fully, uh, they have a lot of browns and a lot of darker colors in them. And that doesn't really appeal to a lot of uh, a lot of gamers. They like you know a little more of the earth tones. Yeah, they have a lot of the earth tones, the darker colors, and I think people get bored with them. Like just even the people that try to play them because they just don't appeal to you like over a long period of time, but it takes a very distinct kind of person to both play Skaven and, and and enjoy them over a long period of time. It it just really does. Skaven players are Skaven players. And that's just the bottom line. There's no other way to put it. You are either a Skaven player or you are not. Well, I, I do know that my my own son is a is a is a rat oh, bastard just like yeah, you. So exactly. yeah, I mean you know, junior rat right there. There you go. So so August, what do you think, man? I mean, are, do you, do you think you'll get more into the uh, Skaven, or have you kind of of the opinion that uh, that that you like their backstory and kind of what they are, but maybe it's not your play style, or what do you think? What say you? Overall, I would say that I'm more of a horde player, so I could definitely see myself playing this kind of army. You know, uh, I have undead right now. I have demons. But I could definitely see myself playing like Beast of Chaos, Beast of Chaos, Goblins, stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this here a little. Let, let's kind of talk a little bit more. You know, we we, we briefly kind of discussed uh, earlier when we were um, talking about uh, the Skaven about their uh, their allegiance abilities, and let, let's kind of start from the um, from the top here. You know, we talked about. Uh, uh, the, the Skaven ability as far as um, they're not, not a, their legion abilities, but we talked about the army as far as being a horde army. So here it is overwhelming mass. So we talked a little bit before about wanting to see what their, their allegiance abilities were. And kind of while we were sitting there talking, I, I looked these up. Um, so here it is. First of all, let's kick, let's kick it off with this. we got overwhelming mass uh, and basically it's their strength in numbers, which um, can transform even a humble unit of clan rats into a fairly terrifying fighting force. So let's, let's get into this. So, um, what what say you either uh, any you know Sean Steve Gary the gang anyone uh, you th- this is obviously going to kind of be like the um, well almost like what the uh, uh, what the flesh eater courts had at one time as far as their their ability to uh, I, I always like to call it the again and again so oh, they're, they're, here's they're the not first. going anywhere and the, uh, their battle shock is not even going to be a factor for them uh, yeah 
they have, if you look here at strength and numbers, and I'm looking at the same thing you're looking at, Pat, says when a Skaven Tide unit takes a Battleshock test, add two to its bravery characteristic right. instead of one for every 10 models. So you know Skaven right. are going to be in units of 40. You know, like, of course they are. So yeah, you're going to be dealing with, with high leadership horde armies. And that's at least the, the same as the undead. 10 to 12. I mean, if they give them a two, you're going to be looking at the bad of a 10. Yeah, exactly. Well, plus we're, plus you're also gaining bravery for every, every rank of 10. Yeah. Well, but it makes sense. You know, the, the Skaven feel emboldened when they're in great numbers, but as you start to oh, build I, them down, that's, you know, that's when they start to yeah. tuck and run. Okay, so so it says here it says Skaven Tide unit takes a Battleshock test, add two to its bravery characteristic instead of one for every ten models in the unit. Yes. So they're getting two for every ten models. So in a forty man yeah. unit, do the math. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. Plus eight. I'm guessing like Clanrass would be a two, maybe a three or four. So I mean, uh, you're Clan looking Rats at a, a. Yeah, they're like a four. Yeah, I mean, you're already looking at a twelve unless they change something. That's right. Yeah, well, here's another one. Uh, lead from the back. So this is another one of their uh, one of their their abilities. The second of them, I think there's six or seven, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me try to. Uh, yeah, let me these try are to... just a few. These are just like you know preview. Abilities. Oh yeah, there's plenty yeah. more. And, and you know this is this is so characteristic of of a uh, <laughs> of a Skaven leader. You know he's not yeah. not out there in the front. He's kind of he's kind of prodding his army right to the uh, the meat grinder. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, and it's it's kind of interesting because. It says, uh, you know, it says basically when they, when they lead from the back and, and scurry away, which makes Skaventide heroes, you know, almost impossible to pin down. So, so kind of talk to us a little bit about this. Well, lead from the back is a classic Skaven ability. Um, okay. In the old in the old version, uh, battle standards could actually hide in the back of units and still have their ability apply to the unit. You know, whatever the standard mm-hmm. was. Um, okay. There are stories, old stories of Skaven warlords literally sending tens of thousands of their own troops to die. This this race does not care. They have so many millions and millions of clan rats and storm vermin that they don't care if they expend 10,000 uh, of their own troops to uh, fulfill a grudge. Yeah. And and they are the most vindictive little, you know, buggers that you'll ever meet. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like, uh, what, what, you know, what the, the story about the, about the dwarf, we can get dwarf, we can get it back the, in the, oh, their wars with them. We, story. But yeah, they, and we, that, that's, that's for another time, another place. But I, I always thought it was, um, you know, a, a good example of, you know, what they're, what they're willing to, uh, to expend, I guess, on, on, on that front. But, um, yeah, moving on. So, so even some of the specific clans mm-hmm. have, um, their own, I guess, allegiance abilities. August, have you actually looked into any of these at all? I have, uh, I have not yet. Okay. Well, I, you know, the, the more I get into reading these things, and, and I, I got to tell you, um, this is going to be a tough one. I mean, this this army is going to be incredible. I mean, um, I think Clan Scryer and Pestilence abilities will be, I guess, you know, I, they're saying familiar from their their appearances. I guess in last year's General's Handbook, there's not going to be much uh, difference from what those are. Well, Scryer um, doesn't need any major changes. The, the Scryer right now is deadly if played okay. well. Okay. All right. Well, I mean. I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And so their their allegiance abilities for these guys here, you know, particular clan verminous. Um, I guess you're going to be able to give a command trait for six claw lords, um, giving you, I guess, 
loads of versatility, I would suppose. Mm -hmm. So there it is. I mean, you know, you, 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 when you pick a command trait, you can pick one command trait for up to six friendly claw Lords. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's a lot one of, of the things that you used to see in, uh, in the old versions of Skaven was that they could take just tons of characters. Uh, you remember, you probably remember Pat, all the warlock engineers I used to have in my unit. Oh yeah, I sure do. And every time some big nasty monster would come flying in to, to beat on me, I'd throw a warlock at him one at a time with a challenge and they couldn't even touch the unit. So I think that's kind of what they're going back to where they're going to have just tons of characters to, to mess with people. You my know, castle I, accepts. There you go. I, I really hope that uh, the 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 Hell Pit Abomination gets an update. That's all. But that, that's a that's a yeah, that's a I sidebar topic. I do too. So moving on with the abilities here, we got uh, Molder Prize Creations. So this is this, this goes one, back to the, uh, my the, the Frankenstein. Opinion, yeah, this one in my opinion is going to be the one to watch for. This okay, one right here is one. incredible. Okay, so it says you can pick one friendly clan Molder fighting beast. Okay. Uh, so that could be any number of creatures, you know, hell pits, uh, rat ogres, whatever it says for sure. each master molder in your army, the same right. fighting beast cannot be picked more than once to benefit from this ability, but add D three to the wound characteristic of each of those models. So if you have yeah, seven, right. let's say master molders or, you know, however many, you know, three, four, five, whatever, uh, they will be able to add d3 to each like rat ogre in a unit well i think it might just be more monsters maybe i don't know we'll have to see what well, fighting fighting beast beasts so that's probably going to be your rat ogres it's probably going to be your like maybe your hell pits or it's going to be uh could be storm fiends oh i mean god help us if it's storm fiends well storm fiends are well yeah they can okay. have fighting versions. The master molder yeah that's right they can have fighting versions and they are part of the molder list Mm -hmm. so that's going to be really nasty if you're using that on storm fiends well, well like i said we'll have to wait and see what the book says but yeah that can be deadly yeah i think it's interesting because um uh you know with, with all these allegiance abilities and the books that are coming out and heck now we're even using you know uh movement trays because of the large armies man we Sean, didn't we say this? We said this when we almost two years ago. We're going to be heading back to, to movement trays. You know, Steve, you and I have talked about it now and now. I mean, and, and, and as we kind of push away here a little bit from talking about these allegiance abilities, look at the magic that these, these guys are getting. They're now mm -hmm. they're going back to just like before. They're going to have what two um, lores now is, is what they're saying. There's going to be there's going to be two. yeah, lore of pestilence and lore of ruin. Yeah, and and one of the things that I, I, I came across was and then hopefully there will be plague too. Can't splinter about well that is uh, pestilence. that's pestilence. well exactly yeah. but but what we do know is that they're, they're they're getting two magical lores to draw from the first one is going to be the lore of ruin mm -hmm. and this is available to gray seers and it contains like all sorts of hideous effective curses i'm sure um and splinter uh for example the one i'm showing up here lets yeah. you pick uh out a key enemy model and and slay them i mean and and it's a casting value of six that's your middle of the road you know all, you know kind of on, on 2d6 that's not too hard to get oh not at all especially well, it's six inches of the caster. but yeah. here's the thing most most i mean most uh heroes are five wounds and you pick one enemy model within six inches of the caster and roll the dice if the roll is greater than that model's wound characteristic bang slayed outright 
done. It is the exact same ability that the Dankhold Trogoths have, where if they reach down and grab you for the squeeze, if they get your wounds or higher, you die. No ward save, nothing, you die. So that's Gary. basically just a spell version of that. Yeah, Gary, they took that one from uh, the 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 uh, the knights, huh? Forty k. Yeah, certainly did. Yeah, it's but I, I like it. I like the way that the the, the games are kind of uh, sharing some uh, some 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 gameplay abilities. But the second, um, well, I'm sorry, Sean, what were you going to say, bud? Mechanics. Mechanic. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, August, what are your thoughts so far, man? I think that's a really powerful spell and. Again, like I said, versatility, having the two different lores to pick from is really going to be beneficial. Uh, options is always key. I, 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 yeah, I definitely agree with that. But the second well, lore is... Another thing you can do with that is Battleshock, make them lose a bunch of models. Who? You're talking about the enemy or the Skaven? No, the, you can break coherency with it. Coherency, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good... Hey, see, we're already we're already well, telling people let, how to me, win games with them. Let me give you a case example. You're fighting okay. a unit of Blight Kings, and they're lined up in front of you in a row. You have someone, and they've already, let's say they're already in combat with one of your units. You take that spell, and you put it on that specific model, and you kill him. Well, we all know that Blight Kings are on 40s, so mm -hmm. that's more than an inch. So if they've already, you know, I mean, right there, if they don't pile in, or if they can't pile in for some reason, it, it is a coherency breaker. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say go one better and go after a big horde army that's spread across. You know, like a 40-man oh, sure. unit that's yeah, like spread a, across. Yeah, like it's strung so out. like, yeah. oh, yeah. Because they're strung out uh, you know, for screen. Like, okay, I kill this model. And Good. pick a side. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Sean, you did say horde army spread across, didn't you? No, no. I, just, I can't. I had bad hearing. It's from Gary yelling at me all the time. Yeah, you have bad session, question. all right. It's so, right. it's certainly something else. So. <laughs> the the second lore is uh, is warp vault. I think I said that right. And uh, here's That's here's another. Uh, yes, here's another uh, another little spell. This is casting a seven, a little oh, more difficult to uh, to cast oh, than the oh, than the oh, other one here. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you could almost Sorry. hear him uh, more, saying that. More, more. No, oh, Sean, you'll be hearing me say that plenty of times in the next couple months. What, what about when you guys game? All right. So, <laughs> folks, for those of you who are listening to the show, Pat will be going back to the asylum after the show. Actually, I heard that he will not be allowed to go back there. They don't even. Yes, want his prison release has been revoked. All right, moving on. So I, I've I've cast this on a seven. So, uh, so yeah, so it's more and more warp power. I guess this is uh, uh, gives your, no, I guess your chosen more, unit rerolls more, more warp power, Pat. You forgot the more. I can't, I can't do that as well as you. Uh, maybe if we all want to do it in unison, Gary, chime in. Let, let's, let's all do not. it together, kind of like. Let's not. Okay, so um, are we good <laughs> or what? <laughs> so, so let's 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 get into this one. I mean, this one looks like, um, well, it, it gives you. Gives you the ability to kind of supercharge here a little bit. Gives you a little safety from doing that, right? That's exactly what it does. Yeah, it says if successfully cast, pick one friendly clan, a clan scryer unit wholly within 12 inches of the caster, invisible to them. You can reroll hit and wound rolls for that unit. So now imagine a fighting unit of uh, storm fiends. 
Yeah. Now they're re-rolling all of their hits and all of their wounds. They take D3 at the end of the combat. Who cares? Oh, no. They still got what? Yeah, thank you. They Five? still have seven. Yeah, was it four wounds left, even if they maxed out at three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- this this spell right here was tailor-made for Storm Fiends. Beauty. I got to tell you. It I will mean, be. It's, uh, it, it's you know, from what we're hearing, and I guess, you know, just, just you know, kind of talking a little bit about the army here, kind of going through some of their abilities and just some of the little stuff we know ahead of the, 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 the pre-order this Saturday. I mean, I don't think we've really gotten into half of it. I mean, we're talking about probably we're going to get some improved war scrolls. Um, there's obviously going to be some battalions. They're saying, is it 36 artifacts, artifacts yes. available to the army? Mm-hmm. That's a ton. I mean, what is, I mean, how sure many? Is. Okay, I mean, I don't think there was that many in. Well, I can tell you right now, well, the in, gloom, in gloom spite did. Yeah, they did have a lot of artifacts uh, because there were some for the spiders, some for the moon clan, and even some for the trolls. So, yeah, there was but, like six but, of each, I think. Yeah, but still, including beastmen, there were there were eighteen for beastmen. So yeah, yeah, but thirty six just seems to be a huge number to me. Like that's oh, gonna that's like a huge that's, number. Yeah, yeah, well, but I mean, what, hey, four clans, right? There's right. four uh, major plans, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I, I really, I'm just trying to picture what this army is is going to look like. And, and that's, the, that's the craziest Rats. thing. Well, thank you very much, Professor. I do appreciate that. August, what do you think, man? What, what is your, what is your, I mean, we know, we know it's going to be a horde army. I did say horde, didn't I? Anyway. Oh, so now it's getting old. So what does your Skaven army look like, August? Describe it. I think the picture that you have on the screen right now would be what I would bring. I'd have clan rats, storm vermin, and then probably some artillery to back it up. I think that's all you need. Okay. Steve, do you agree with that? Uh, No, I'm going to go a different route. Uh, Mine army is going to be Giselles, warp lightning cannons, and storm fiends. I'm going full clan scryer. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Evan might be doing the same thing. I would. I would. Well, I, would it, presume. The, I mean, if you want to shoot, I mean, obviously that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Gary, what do you think about that man shooting Skaven? Yeah, I believe you want to see it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, I've seen those. Those models are really cool. Yeah, I mean, traditionally the army has been a been a horde army. Um, I guess you know if you want to use them that way, you're going to be just as as successful as 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 you know. Um, maybe going more more shooty. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about the versatility of the Skaven, and it always has been, that you can do anything with them. You can make them a fighting army, you can make them a shooting army, you can make them a stealth army, or you can make them a little bit of all of that. Yeah. And that's what's always made Skaven so appealing. I mean, if, when you talk to any Skaven player, one of the things they will tell you is that versatility has always been one of the strongest points of that army. Yeah. And well... You know, I, with I agree with that. Now, I mean, my God, you have, you know, six wound rat ogres that can shoot you from 18 inches and get 2d6 attacks a piece. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Right. Right. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that the, when I think about, again, and, and it's, it's one of those armies that every time I see it across the table, I, I'm kind of concerned for the outcome of the game. You know, they're, they've always been a tough army and I, I probably played Skaven more than I've played any other army as far as game to game. And, you know, the funny thing about this army is, you know, you're going to find 
I think there's there's a ton of different sorts and, and unusual army builds out there for this army. I've seen a ton of different builds and they're okay. all unique. You can either have a artillery line of you know, plague claws with you know bulky rat ogres. You can Gutter runners. You know, yeah, you can field a, a super elite force of storm vermin like you have right now, Steve. That son of a bitch in army or. Uh, you know, field a big terrifying group of vermin lords. I mean, the, the possibilities are pretty endless with this army and always have been, by the way. I mean, it's, it's even if you wanted to focus on one of the, the, the clans, right? I mean, you, you could still do that. I mean, oh, that's, that's what they're actually, that's what they're doing with this book. They're giving you the opportunity to uh, tailor your army to the clans, but still have the benefits of, using units from the other ones that's right yeah so there it is guys our, our little uh high low on skaven and uh so that battle tome is going to be ready for pre-order this weekend uh alongside the um dice the, uh, and the terrain yeah yep and the uh is it the carrion empire battle tome flesh eater courts yeah Did i say that right they don't have dice they just have the uh they have a piece of terrain they have endless spells and they have the book, but I'm really disappointed that they did not create any um, flesh eater court dice. I thought that was kind of uh, wrong to do when you did the same thing for Skaven. I mean, I didn't understand why they didn't do that. Well, uh, they, they kind of have those uh, warpstone dice. I hate, by the way, I hate those things. Evan plays them, and I, and you, I can never see the damn well, thing. Well, these new table. dice are great. You could see them clearly. Okay. All right. For Skaven. Right. Right. Well, I mean, good stuff. And, and like always, you know that you're going to get uh, get a hell of a game whenever whenever you're you're, you're playing against them. Um, again, not my cup of tea, but uh, but but I think they're a, a great 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 army. But let's uh, let's keep rolling here, man. We got uh, we got more stuff we got to get into. So so Sean, what uh, what do we what do we got happening out there in the uh, in the news world, man? Uh, well, fortunately, nothing not much really. Other than yet. we just we just kind of talked about it, right? Yeah. Well, space. Angel Michael will be coming out, also known as Sigwinius. Okay. For 30K. Those people are crying. Crying about what? Good. It doesn't look good. I'm like, oh my God. Oh shit. Look at the special edition model. That model is one of the coolest looking models I've ever seen. I don't understand. I don't even play 40K. I would love to use that model. Actually, it's 30K. It's 30K. It's the same thing. You know, it's lasers. It's the same thing with fireballs. I would uh, add in that uh, if I'm sure you can find that there's a post online that um, he that compares his face to uh, Bill Nye. It's a dead on. Actually, uh, the inspiration for that was the Archangel Michael, I believe. Yeah, Yeah. Michael. Although Sigourney is that's not him, Pat. Well, I'm working on it. Pat, hang on. I will find it for you. That him? Every week. That's him, but that's not the model. No. All right. Well, Give me keep... a minute. So basically, uh, they actually came out with... They previewed there the... Right there, Pat. Go back down. Okay, stop. He's... You just had... Right him. there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Now, is that not the coolest looking model? That is a... That is a bitchin' model. That is really cool. I'm telling you, 40K players were crying like you couldn't believe when I went into the store. 
It's because they're not cool enough to have space Jesus as a Primark. <laughs> That's all. No, no. Okay, hold on. So, so Gary, what? help me out. Sean, back me up. Uh, help me out on this. Why are they crying? I don't get it. The only thing I didn't well, all right. So that's the special edition version of him. That's him with the spear. Sigourney had two different weapons. He had a sword and a spear. Okay. But uh let me let me see if I can find the one where but that still doesn't I, I still don't get why it I, was the weird pose. Yeah. So no, it the, looks like he's wailing. Yeah, and the funny thing is uh people put a uh they made you know a picture of a whale you know they're whaling you know or whatever because the way that his hand was with the sword it was like that but it just looked kind of weird like he was going for like the coupe de grace if you will well coupe de gras gras. yeah i always call it coupe de grace because it always piss off some some grace she's been dead for 40 years moving on so i see what you did there so I have a friend that uh, that wants to get this guy, or he wanted to, but as soon as he's seen it, he's very upset. And the way that he described it was, A, the pose was really bad. It kind of looked like he was like sitting on this kind of rock thing, and it was just really weird. And two, he said like the face and the hair were kind of not what he was expecting. Pat, I'm sending. I'm sending okay, you a link. so so that's so that's that's, that's um, the original model right there. Now that's a special edition one. The one I just sent you is the regular model. Okay. So go ahead and that's the original. Okay. And this one here is. Okay, yeah. so sword and spear. Yes. Okay. Because I have a friend of mine who's a Blood Angels fan. He did nothing but whine and complain. Is it who I think it is, though? So he oh, does yeah, nothing but that? It's Tyler. No. Okay. Yeah. But, There's uh, nothing but it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, my only thing is, like, I didn't, in the original, I'm not a big fan of that. The hair, it just kind of looked a little weird. But I mean, the model over, the pose was kind of wonky if you look at it. You know what I mean? Especially from the camera angle, it kind of looks like that little, like he's coming down. And I get why people say when he, with the sword, he has it, you know, kind of like that, you know, like he's going to just, you know, coup de gras someone. It just kind of look, it looks a little weird. But the special edition model is uh, much better, in my opinion. They just need to get over it. They're fine. Okay. It's, I mean, it's a great looking model. Like, it's he's not bulky. I mean, the wings look fucking amazing. And yes, I did say that. I mean, the model looks really good. It, you know, I mean, he's got he's wearing his little like lion, tiger, cloak, cheetah thing, whatever. I forgot what animal was called. You know, I, you know, if you kept running them down, you're bound to hit the right one. Right. Lion, cloak, tiger, gold. Oh my! The model looks awesome. It does. And I will be purchasing one. Okay, so so let me ask you a question. They're crying not because of anything the model does in the game, because of the pose. Right. We don't even right. We don't even know what it does in, in the game, but I'm assuming it's very good because you know he's one of the top end fighters I, of all I, the prime. I, I I waited to hear why they were crying for that. Like yeah. I thought it was going to be something cool. No, it was honest, it was honestly that dumb. Yeah. It's, uh, spoiled children. Wow. And right. another thing is. Uh, the Blood Angels also have a Contemptor Dreadnought with a jump pack. 
Cool. And is that out or coming out? That is coming out. Sigourneus is supposed to come at their Forge World Open Day, and then they're going to have some special things on there. Uh, okay. I, I look at their website all the time. Like, I've been checking, like, once or twice a day on Forge World just to see when it would be coming, you know, even going, like, the pre-orders because, well, I want one. You know. I got you. Okay. All right, good deal. What else, man? What else we got in the news? What's happening out there? Uh, uh, LVO's coming. LVO is uh, out today. Yeah. LVO yeah, is out and there. running. Right now, I have 36 missed notifications in one of my Facebook groups. All my friends are there right now. So. Ugh. Are you? So, uh, so I so I'd be here for this show. But see, that's that's dedication right there, man. It's one thing. I don't know. My wife just called me a liar. <laughs> this is the world we live in, folks. <laughs> Good. All right. So, so besides besides Gary's heartbreak about LVO and what, what else is happening out there? All right. That might be that might be the well. I might be the news out there. Well, we're so, waiting for the LVO stuff to come out. I mean, well, you know, yeah. Well, that, that's that's they, they got to get through there. Yeah, they got to get through their six thousand games, right? I mean, there's, there's going to be lots of drama, and somebody's going to cheat. That's pretty much what's going to happen. That so, was one of my favorite topics when we talked about that last year. Well, it happens every year. It happens every year. Every year. Exactly. Yeah. Well, how did you win? Why did you cheat? Well, why did you say right. winning? Let, let's let's kind of let's kind of take another few minutes and kind of talk about one of the smaller topics we have on the show before Gary. Before we let you off your your, your let you out of your chains. So since we're talking about tournaments, let's talk about some of the scoring stuff that's been that's been happening. I'm going to kind of tee this up, and you know, Gary, you're you're a probably the the, the most accomplished TO of, of of all of us here. I mean, um, so here's the uh, here's 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 my point. All right. Now, Steve, you and I have probably talked about this in nauseam. Sean, you and I agree almost lock, stop, lock, stock, and smoking barrel on, on a lot of this. We all know that, um, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same way in 40K, but we know that in the fantasy tournament scene, there's this composite scoring. And, and you know, you guys have heard me rail on the composite scoring. August, I'm sure you've heard me talk about it, too, if you've listened to the, the past shows, but you're going to get a big dose of it now, buddy. Um, you know, this composite scoring, I've never really been a fan of. I think it's always kind of a, I'm going to say rigged right now, and I'll, I'll explain why I think that is later. Steve, you with me on that one? Oh, um, well, 100%. Yeah, and so here's the point. You know, the composite scoring is you get points for your wins, losses, and draws, right? But you also, they kind of throw all of your, all of your other composite points kind of in this mixed non-hard number you know you get your your, your kill points mixed in there on, a, on an average you get your sportsman in an average you get your um you get your presentation as an average and you get your hobby as an average and you know it, it's kind of funny numbers and i always say the reason why i don't like that is because could you imagine and i'll just use this as an example the game of american football as an example could you imagine if, if instead of the hard rank and file scoring system we have in that i mean touchdowns are six points point after is one point field goals are three points and a safety is two points so those are fixed methods for one team to score those points the team that scores the more points wins now imagine this imagine you you went away from that and you went to a composite score system thank you john madden thank you john madden now here's the thing hold on but i'm, I'm let me just get to this now instead of those hard points 
the crowd gets to vote on the uniforms and, you know, maybe then you have a composite average for, you know, your yards, you know, at, you know, by, you know, carried at, you know, at, at the, at the first down versus, you know, your goal line, your stoppages versus, you know, how many, how many stop for loss your linebackers get, all of those things get, get, you know, you know, mixed in there so that the team that actually scored more touchdowns, more field goals, they don't win the game because they, that was only a part of their composite score. Um, and by the way, the crowd can also pick, you know, who their favorite player was or who, and, and that would go towards it. I think it's a funny way to score a tournament. I personally, in the tournaments I run, I don't score it that way. You've heard me talk about the paint scores, you know, some, some, you know, you know, Jackalope can go out there and pay someone two, $3,000 to paint their army. And then they, they submit it and they win a painting, the, the painting competition, which goes towards their composite score to elevate them. And, and, you know, I don't think that's right. So my thing is I'm, I'm a little more of a, you guys have seen uh, the scoring system that I have is that, you know, you, you win the game based off of your points, kill points are solely there to break ties. Um, hobby is separate and sportsman is separate period it's because i think those things can have the opinion to to the fact or the art form to the science i think your gameplay has to speak for itself so i'm going to kind of go out of order here and i'm going to throw this over to gary gary you yeah. kind of you you've, you've heard me bitch about this you know what are your thoughts on this because i kind of already know where steve's coming from so i kind of i kind of i'm going to throw it to you then august you're up next man so gary what do you think on, the, on those kind of scoring systems I don't like it composite at all. Here's why for everybody starts like burning their score sheets. Okay. Anytime that you can, anytime that you put opinions or somebody else's thoughts into what you scored, other than the raw data of what you actually scored, you set yourself up to have skewed results. Amen. So if I am going around and there was like, oh, we got to keep personal out of it. We can't keep personal out of a conversation. How are we going to keep it out of scoring? I've yes. been convinced to where one person went, this is the best painted army, and they gave him the award, and I didn't know it because I'm not – I don't judge painting because I'm not good at it. I don't know what to look for. And personally, I'd get a migraine because they all look beautiful, and I wouldn't know which one's better than the other ones out of, like, the top ten. But one individual had won, and everybody looked around. I was like, I don't think his was the best painted, but that was his opinion. And it wasn't because it was painted well. It was because his display was massive. Well, it's different. That's a different type of award. So keep that out of it. Have a different award for that. We have one that's for best hobbyist. Because a lot of times the people that go there that have the 40K side of it anyway, they have the big, huge displays and the greatly painted models typically don't do that well on in the games they play. But at the end of it, there's best sportsmanship, there's best painted, there's best hobbyist. There's all of that stuff to go that rule. Now, we have two, every event that I run, there's best, I don't know how it is in AOS, but there's best overall. Yeah, we have that. Yep. And there's best general. We do that. And then you have best painted, theme, sports, and then we break it up into categories. I guess for AOS, it would be best chaos, best destruction, best order. Correct. Right? Exactly. Yeah, you best F, correct. Okay. Now, the one that I go for is best general. I'm not winning best overall 
if I'm if I max on battle points and that puts me at a hundred points, my pain score is probably forty out of a hundred. If the guy that has the hundred out of for painting and gets sixty battle points wins best overall, I'm completely okay with that because technically he put more time in, in my opinion. But yep. these other scores that you guys are talking about, there's no way I would be able to put that into there. Like opinions. Why don't you just have a oh well this is one to fifty on opinion? Well, I can look over and go, oh, there's the TO from good and bad to ugly that I stomped the crap out of last year. He's gonna come do my paint jobs. I'm getting a two. You know, people can't separate opinions from points. That's true. So Steve. That's All right, so man. I, I think I think I think Gary just hit on just oh, about every every this one. What's that? I could go on forever. On oh, I know. And, and, and so could we. So, so Steve? Going for AOS, what are the different categories? Well, it, it, obviously for, for say, a, you know, a, a GT, you're going to have uh, best overall. Then you're going to have best general, at least the way that my tournaments are run, because I like to keep it clean. No, I meant the points. Like, how do you oh. determine their score? Okay, well, it's 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 real simple. Um, I can probably pull up a, a, a typical scorecard. No, I basically, you know, here's the thing. You've got your you've got your game scenario. You're gonna have to play that anyways. So for playing the scenario, each person gets. Uh, and, and while I'm talking here, I'm actually gonna gonna pull up an example of a um, of a scorecard. But each person um, gets ten points, right, for playing the uh, uh, the scenario. So once you play the scenario, what's that? Just ten points right out the gate. Ten points right off the gate, just for just for playing the the, the scenario. So, um, and actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the. I have it here for Polar Vortex. Excuse me here for one sec, guys. Steve, while I'm looking for this, why don't you jump in and just kind of give your two cents in a tin can on uh, on, on your thoughts about the scoring? Well, it's exactly what Gary was was driving at. Any time you allow. Uh, another anytime you allow your opponent's opinion of you or how you played to affect the score of a game the tournament immediately in my opinion becomes invalid the winner is not the winner it opens up so many scenarios for cheating and for uh aiding and abetting for instance let's say you know that that your your buddy is going to win is pretty much set to win the tournament or has a real good chance to. Well, you're playing a guy that you know is going to be probably going against your buddy. So, he cleans your clock and at the end of the game, you say, "Well, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to take this guy out. I'm going to take this guy out for my buddy so he can play a weaker player." Or who or who, or he doesn't have to face this guy. There's so many opportunities for uh, clicks and for favoritism and and for people to screw you out of a legitimate victory because they are using their personal feelings to skew the tournament. Okay. And it's not All right. Fair. Now let me. I and I I agree. So let me let me go back here. So here's your here's a typical scorecard uh, that I have. So I'm just going to. Do run you through. use Excel for everything? Have you ever heard of Microsoft Word or Publisher? Uh, no, no, but, uh, you know, not, not, not now, boyo. Daddy's working. I'm going to just explain. <laughs> I usually, so, 
<laughs> so here's the thing. So each game is going to be scored out of a maximum of 20 points. All right. Those are tournament points. Um, these are scored by, by completing primary and secondary objectives. Now that's going to be listed on whatever scenario uh, we're, we're playing. After the game is completed, each player is given 10 tournament points. If you won the primary objective, then you receive five tournament points. If your opponent won the primary objective, then you lose an additional five tournament points. For every secondary objective you complete, you receive one additional tournament point. For every secondary objective your opponent completes, you lose one tournament point. So as the example that I listed here in the scorecard is... Jack and Thomas play a game. At the end of the game, they both receive 10 tournament points. Jack completes the primary objective, so Jack receives an additional five tournament points, and Thomas loses five tournament points. For their secondary scenario, Jack completes four of his, and Thomas only two. Jack receives four tournament points and loses two, whereas Thomas gains two and loses four. So the final score is Jack 17, 10 plus five plus two, and the final score for Thomas is three. 10 minus 5 plus 2 minus 4. Jack beats Thomas 17 to 3. Future, I have a question. Go ahead. All right. So this actually happened when I was ringing. So what happened was I lost a primary objective and okay. the person won the second or, or sorry. I lost the primary, they won the primary. So you would you would get minus 5 yep. and your opponent got plus 5. Yep. Okay. And okay. then I got five secondaries. Okay. They got no secondaries. Okay. That would be a draw. No. no and, because and they your won kill the points. Objective. Here, you know, here's the thing. By the points, your total points. You're, so what you're saying is, you got ten. I remember this conversation. You got mm -hmm. ten. Your opponent got ten. What did I say? Always is the tiebreaker. Kill points. Kill points. There you go. Okay. So the ringer technically won. The ringer, ringer can never win. Right. But if it was if it was a straight game, then yes. So so that, that and here's the thing, I I do believe that there's a certain sentiment of this hobby where the art form meets the science. August, are you still with us, man? Do you agree with this, or, or what do you think? I would tend to agree with what you guys are saying. Like, it makes more sense that what you do by yourself in the game matters more than what your opponent might think of you. Yeah, it's Correct. great to be a sportsman and have a good painted army, but at the end of the day, this is a tournament, and what matters is what you did in the game. Correct. Nobody exactly. cares about how many times uh, the receiver or running back will actually walk up to the ref and hand him the ball instead of throw it to him. No one cares about that. But goes back to something Gary talked about, where if you want to have a composite score, like for an award, like the hobbyist award. I have no problem with that. That would be something cool to introduce where you have someone who's being judged on their sportsmanship, maybe, and on their, um, you know, on their paint job. And, and then, of course, on their generalship. I have no problem with a hobbyist kind of award, but it should be separate from the actual turn. It should be like a secondary award, like best, like just, just like best sportsmanship. Yeah, but separate though. Not nothing exactly. composite. Not not part of the tournament scoring. Anytime your opponent can decide whether or not you win a tournament, and they don't even have to be a and they don't even have to be a jerk about it. They can give you a four instead of a five. Well, that can make the difference between the championship or second place. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and this is where you know uh, you look at the, the the funny numbers. And Steve, we, we won't we won't bring up the tournament, but cool. there was a particular there was a particular tournament that uh, um, I was placed fairly high on the list. And and uh, <laughs> let's just put it this way: the guy that went undefeated didn't win the tournament. The guy that had one loss won the tournament, and Which his army no sense to me. was painted by somebody else. Correct. And, and these are things that I always look at and say, and, and well, Steve, you say it a lot better than I do. What do you think is really the, 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 the gig behind it? Oh, it? Was that to me? No, Steve, what, no. what, do, you, what do you really think is, you know, it, is it, it's kind of like the, the, the good old boy club or however you, however you put that. Well, it, it is, it is a good old boy network because uh, basically if you here, here's the problem. And I'm just, and I have to elaborate because I want to make sure I'm clear on this. When you have someone who can walk, or when you have people who are walking around judging your, judging your army's paint job. Well, how do I know what the agenda is of that judge? And I'm not talking about paranoia. I'm talking about, uh, I don't, I don't know what this guy's agenda is. I don't know if he's been told by someone, Hey, give this guy a bad score. Now sure. I'm not saying that happens. Because we, you know, there's no proof of anything like that, and you can't be paranoid. But, you, but that could be a factor. Mm-hmm. You have sportsmanship. Well, if you're playing against someone who maybe just doesn't like you or just doesn't like your group, well, they don't. They don't have to screw you. They can just give you a four instead of a five. Well, if that sure. happens, you've already lost. Forget sure. it. You might as well pack a beer army and go home. You're not going to win. Right. Or and or then, August. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I just want to say one more thing. Sure. No one, no one is going to tell me that if you are at a tournament and you play five games and you win four out of the five and you're placed lower than a guy who won two out of three games, you're never going to justify that math to me. Never. Right. Now, hold on. Let me make this clear. Because I'm all about making it clear. Number one, if I agree to the terms of a tournament when I pay my money to enter that tournament, then sucks to be me. Because I accepted those rules when I signed on to play that tournament. And in fairness to any TO out there, if I agree to the terms of a tournament by registering for that tournament to play, then I have no one to blame but myself. So, yeah, but in many cases, you got to make sure that you that you know the scoring system before that tournament but starts. But in fairness, as I stated, in fairness, if I sign on to a tournament that has those rules clearly established and clearly you know listed, then I have no right to complain. But that doesn't mean that I can't critique it because as a customer, I have every right to critique something. If I'm paying money for it, I don't have the right to complain and say that it's unfair Mm -hmm. because I paid the money for it. I agreed to the terms by, by entering the tournament, but I can still chat with my buddies on a, on a a show like I'm doing right now and say, I feel these things need to be changed. 
Okay. No, I like it. I like it. And, and August, she, you know, she kind of understand what we're talking about here is, you know, this happens many times with these composite scores. Let's say you and I are playing a, a game uh, and then we got to move on to our next, our next topic here, because we're going to take the change off of Gary and let him let him have at it. But um, you know, August, let's say you and I are you got playing a game and, and you absolutely beat the crap out of me. And we're in a major tournament, you know, say like Adepticon or something. Well, uh, I'm upset that you just absolutely annihilated me. Top of turn two, my army's off the table. I'm done. So you might be the nicest guy in the world, but I'm just a uh, I'm just a, a poor little sport here. I'm I'm just a little you know uh, exactly. moody little wimp. So I, I decide I'm going to give you a two on your sportsman. Now, in a composite score scenario, I've literally just screwed you over. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't cheat. You didn't do anything. But you, you but these things happen. So one way or the other, it's it's too manipulated. And and You're that's uh, yeah, and that's what we're talking about, August. You, you kind of you know kind of follow the bouncing ball on kind of our, our little bitch here. Yeah, it totally makes sense that should not your ranking should not depend on what your opponent thinks of you as a as a player or even if not at that just like Steve was saying they give you a four out of five just off offhand not even thinking about it mm-hmm. and it can screw you over so exactly yep and and Gary I would call those guys toxic jackasses right <laughs> every time all right man so, chains are off go get them. First, I'm gonna before this gets started. When I finished, I'm gonna end on something that's a very positive note because it's what I tend to do every time, regardless of what the the beginning of the topic is. Uh, because there's something out there that I don't know if you guys are aware of, but after this, uh, it's a very important message that was done by uh, the community as a whole a long time ago, and it should be what we try to live up to each time we go out and do something. With that out of the way, there's things that are going on in both communities from people who don't have the uh, testicular fortitude to say things in front of other people. But they will say them about them whenever said people aren't there. And then when confronted, what do they do? Anybody? Any guesses? They fold like the Argentine army in 82. They They fold like a chair under my ass. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They deny it. Well, people aren't going to make this stuff up. So to, um, I don't know, should I keep names out of it or not? So that, that's where I'm at right now. I would keep names out. Yeah, let's, 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 keep, let's keep names out of it for now. Okay, for now. So I will say this. The, uh, when I'm in an event, and this has happened a handful of times, and I hear somebody bashing a certain player or a certain friend of mine, I go to that person and ask them specifically what it is that they're talking about, what it is that they have a problem with the person that's on there. And then they typically backtrack because they were doing is making excuse as to why they lost and then coming up with some other BS reason. And that's how everything gets started. General hospitalized in the background. Everybody goes around. Oh, well, the only reason why he won is because he cheated on this. My immediate question is, why didn't you get a judge and ask right away? And yeah. you, know, you know what the response is 90% of the time? Uh, no, no, no. That's that's the 10%. The 90 of it, and this is the hypocrisy of it. Oh, well, it really didn't matter that much to me. Oh, Don't worry, you're still about it. You're still yeah, no, no, that's that's just a lie. Yeah, it mattered it's a lot. A you're just too much of a wimp to do anything about it. Right. Then, then Or it's just a lie and it didn't happen. Right. Oh, I didn't even go there. Yeah, because 
there's been a couple of times, and since we're leaving names out of this, it makes it very difficult that that was a large event. And a friend of mine was there, and the guy next to me is talking about him. So I go get said friend of mine, who's much like me, and said, hey, you might want to go over here and address this. So he walked I think I know this person. And asked them, hey, what are you talking about? And then immediately clammed up, you know, like that, and, and just pretended like nothing happened. I mean, literally said no other words. When they, but five seconds ago, he wouldn't even let that person sack his groceries. He was so far against them. You're talking to my friend in the wrong tone. <laughs> you didn't write it down. Keep rolling. You didn't set up a meeting. You didn't do any of these kind of things. When you hear stuff like that, say something to that person. That's the only way it's going to stop. If you don't say anything to the person and then you turn around and talk about them while they're not there, guess what? You're doing the exact same shit. Stop it. If you're not going to go up and say something to clear the air, then let it go. I, I have a person that I played, and uh, this one I can't bring up a name, and it's because it's not accusing anything. I played Matt Root last year at Adepticon for to make it to day two, and we had almost a mirror match list. And I went in apprehensive because everybody's like, oh, he's a cheater, he's this, he's this, he's this, or he's got this stigma that goes behind him. I had a perfectly friendly game with him while he kicked my ass. I got one point off of him. I lost 39 to one, did not make day two, and had no problems playing with him whatsoever. So after that day, now I can formulate my opinion. That's the other challenge is be a grown-up and formulate your own opinion of people. Don't assume from what everybody else says. Correct. I'm out by another friend of mine, and uh, he goes, and since he's a friend of mine, I can say pajama pants like, oh, I don't like playing him. He was a cheater. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what you base that off of because I played him. I had no, no problems whatsoever. Right. So don't just buy into something because somebody says it. If you hear somebody talking about it, confront them about it and ask your friend. I've had a couple of friends that were accused of cheating. I asked them about it and they said, yes, I did that. Oh, so your, your friends actually said, yeah, I cheated. Yes. Okay. Years ago, okay. five, six years ago. So I wasn't as good of a person then. You know, I was more of a kid. I've grown out of that and accepted it and admitted it. People still can't let it go. Is it wrong that the person did it? Sure. Is it more wrong that you hold a grudge against somebody for years over a game whenever they've changed? They come Seems back like a colossal and, waste of time. Right, and apologize for it, you know, and try to make amends for it. Um, and there's also, there's a difference between, here's something else we need to clear up. There's a difference between cheating and then utilizing the rules. Some people don't like some of the rules. So if you use them, they say you're cheating, even though you're not. I.e., I played in, um, what's the little side events at Adepticon for 40K? Is it Kill Team? Kill Team? No, oh, what's it? It's something else. Not Kill Team. Combat. Not sure. Combat Patrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't, they didn't really have Kill Team out. Right. I mean, it was like there, but it wasn't there. I didn't make day two, so I went and played Combat Patrol. And I played against a gentleman that's not from the area, right? So they changed the rule a long time ago in 40K. You can pre-measure anything at any time, right? Right. Yeah, that's like 6th that. edition, 5th edition? Right. So I'm doing that and measuring, staying out. He's got a Vindicator and bikes and stuff, so I'm staying out of the range, right? And uh, 
So the game was over. He still wound up winning. But during the game, he's like, I've never seen anybody pre-measure so much in my life. And I'm like, you mean measure? Because it's what's in the rules. Yeah, but we don't usually play like that. We just put our stuff out there and what happens. I said, so. You don't play by the rules? So you're telling me that tactically you put something on the table and hope it's in range or hope it's not in range <laughs> of whatever it is yeah. you're going with. Right. Because yeah. we, we consider using measuring like that. We just consider it a dick move. Although, Here's one thing. Know I, the rules. Right. I consider it not being an idiot. You know, I'm allowed to do this in the rule sets. It says it right here in the book. Why wouldn't I do that? You know, and so. Sound logic to me. Right, he wound up winning the game, and he went and played a friend of mine after that, and he complained about me the whole time in that game. And the friend of mine went, Oh, talking. yeah, I do that too, because it's a rule I can use. He's like, You're, you're talking about Jerry, the, the guy who runs 90% of 40K events in the area and is adamant about not cheating and about having integrity in what you do. That's the guy you're complaining about that you just played against. How dare how dare you have integrity and use the rules to your and, advantage? And the guy played against measured everything and crushed him. It's combat patrol. You're supposed to be there to have fun, but you still utilize the rule. You know, and then he got pissed off and walked away. Well, that's to me is that's kind of a being the, the asshole part of what we're talking about. Because you don't like the way the rules are, I shouldn't use them. If that was the case, Yanari wouldn't exist. And the Castella Knight would be something that sat on somebody's shelf and never got used because I don't like the rules. Like uh, past knights, he has knights. I've, I've seen. The hell was that all about? <laughs> Jeez, Sean, did you, did you leave the shit house door open again, or did you just say something? The, <laughs> hey, it's true. <laughs> not wrong. Not wrong. August, August, don't pay any attention to these bastards. So, but uh, back to the point that, that I'm making on this is. If you're running around doing that and everybody in here, I, I don't know about August because I, don't, I haven't met you until the last hour ago, but you're still on the show right now, so that's good. You didn't leave us. Um, <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> everybody knows people like this. And in the hobby. And typically there's a group of them that run around stirring up. ATC was the biggest example of this. Yes, Team Happy had been crushing everybody theirs for years. Yes, they have a stigma that follows them. Yes, some of them got caught cheating. Yes, they paid a price for it. That doesn't mean you take the mob mentality and sign a little petition and hand it to the judge and say, if you don't do something, we're going to leave. I would have said leave. Amen to that. All 50 of you, pack your crap and get out of here. If you want to run an event, run an event. You know? Let us handle it the way we're supposed to. There's bylaws that were set on what it is that we're going to do, and we're going to stick by those bylaws and do it. One of those bylaws is I don't bend to peer pressure, and you coming up to me going, if you don't change this, I'm not going to come back. Well, pack your shit and go. I don't care. Because that's not to turn around and bully people because you're and tired. isn't of a lot of people on Team Happy on Team America anyway? No, no, none of them. No, Justin, I thought Justin was. No. None of them. Not this year? Nope. Tony Grappando was. He's not anymore. Okay. And none of them okay. are on. Nope. Not a one. I know. You still got Navanati and then... Um... Yeah, but they're not on Team Happy at all. They're on Beast Coast. But... but or, I mean, uh, Team America. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Go on. Go but, on. but outside of that, 
this isn't just the middle tables or the bottom tables. I'm talking some of the best players on the planet in 40K. I can't really go on the AOS side of it are just as guilty as some of these things. I've watched a stream and went, because I'm curious, I'll see a list of somebody's and I'm primarily a Tyranid and Gene Silver Cult player. I'll see the list and I'll go, how does this person win all these games? Right? So then they'll live stream it and I watch and I go, oh, because you're cheating. <laughs> That's out. <laughs> I don't want to, like, I would watch a few streams and they would literally do something wrong on their stream and I'm like, you guys are doing this wrong. And then no one... Well, they were streaming that event. Right. Well, here's the here's what I do. Um, this is very hard leaving names out of it. Just want you to know that. So, um, I'm watching a particular game. A friend of mine is a friend was one of the people playing. A stratagem and used incorrectly, which is a big deal. Oh, it's not that serious. Yes, it is. If you're, if it's just a game. Then stop cheating. If it's just a game. <laughs> um, so I text the friend of the friend. Said, hey, make sure that Billy reads that strategy next time because he's using it wrong. And sure enough, he read it next time, and he was using it wrong. And guess what? Now he can't use it wrong anymore, and he lost his next game. Hmm. Coincidence? You crush no. everybody, and then all of a sudden, you get up to the higher table, and you're not allowed to not do something. You're... Certain things have to be met for the stratagem to work. Only half of those things were being met. Oh, well, it was just a mistake I made. I said, you've played like 30 games with this army. Is that the mistake you make every game? Yeah. How, how many of your, how much of your 20 and 5 record is tainted because you're playing this wrong? Oh, well, I just, I, I just made a mistake. It's the first line of the stratagem. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Do not read it. You know, and the person found out it was me to report it and questioned me on it. I said, because you did it wrong. What? What do you mean? Oh, well, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. I said, it's a huge deal. If you're talking like, about a game that people travel to go to and you're playing something incorrectly, I won't say cheating, you're playing something incorrectly, but you're one of the best players on the planet, you would think you'd play it right. You would think, yes. And that's why I always go... And I, that's cut, this has happened numerous times in games. Oh, well, I'm going to use this stratagem. I said, can I read that stratagem, please? Uh, seriously? Yes, seriously. So um, we'll go through and then dig it out. And every as soon as that question is said that way back to me, I know that stratagem is being used incorrectly. <laughs> as soon yeah. as it, you really want me to get that so you can read it? Yeah, that's why I fucking asked. They're, they're, not, they're not asking because they're capitulating with your curiosity. They're scared shitless right. that they're going to be found out. So I bring it out and I go, so this stratagem that you're using in the shooting phase can only be used once per game in the movement phase. Oops. Oh, well, I must have misread it. The whole card? The whole thing. <laughs> you know, that, those are the things. But you already used it once. <laughs> I made up myself. I made up. This is actually not the right card. I made made one for myself. That immediately makes me want to go to his previous opponent and go, "Hey, how many times did Joey use this stratagem in your game?" Oh well, every turn. Well, it can only be used once per game and in the shooting phase. So read them. 
So what I've started to do, I used to buy every codex because I became the librarian to read it so I wouldn't get screwed on anybody's rules. Right? And I've learned that. I still do that. Well, it's an effort in futility. It's just too much. So now what I'm going to do is sell those said codexes and go buy the little boxes that has the stratagems in them, the cards, and bring all of them with me and look across the table and go, oh, I'm playing against Imperial Knights. Here's my Imperial Knight stratagems. I'm going to use this. You can't. Why? Well, because it, you can't. It says it right here on the card that you can't use this particular time. And everybody's listening will be like, oh, he's already exaggerating. No, I'm not. Hey, $15 is cheaper than $40. Well, no, I'm about people not reading their rules. I was at. No, I, I, I kind of I completely understand where Gary's going with this. I mean, you know, you, you know, it's you know, funny. You know what I'm imagining right now is you're going to do that. You're going to have your stratagems, all, all the yeah. different army stratagems, and they're going to yeah. turn around on you. You're going to be the rules Nazi. You're going to be this guy. Yeah. And it's almost like rather than accept their own visceral behavior, they're going to try to turn it around on you. I could oh, already see it happening. He had all of my cards over there, and he read every one that I used. How dare he read to make sure yeah. so he can learn my rules? How dare he? Guess or what she? else I read? I read you, just wait till, you just wait till I find out that I've got your wife's phone number. That's right. Was that me? She no. calls me. That might be why. So uh, <laughs> We've discussed this in length already. So. Sorry. No. Wrong stratagem. So, so I, but you know what else I do? I read my book. I know my cards. And How I dare you know your army? I go, hey, I'm going to use a stratagem. Do you want to read the card? And at first, they're like, no. And then I do it. It's called overrun. And immediately after I do it, they're like, can I read that card? Here you go. Everybody <laughs> wants to read it because it's pretty good. You know? That's the one that allows you to attack again, right? Or, oh, no. Or this is – I'll get it real quickly. It's played wrong so many times. Overrun says, after you have finished combat, with a Tyranid infantry unit or a Tyranid unit. If you killed a unit and you have no enemy models within three inches, right? Those are the two stipulations. You killed a unit, no enemy models within three inches. Typically after that, you consolidate, which is a three inch move. Right. Overrun lets me move in advance as if it was a movement phase instead of consolidating if those two items are met. Okay, and you just play in the so basically that's in the command. You can play on any turn essentially too. Right at the end of it, at the at, at a fight phase. Whenever I yeah. go to consolidate, okay. I would play that card instead, as long as those things were met. Here's why that's a big deal, because if I have twenty gene stealers, I assault you, I kill that entire unit. No one's in three inches. I spend this. I can now move eight inches, which is their normal move, and then advance d six. Uh, Kraken, which everybody uses, when they advance, they roll 3d6 and pick the highest. So I'm going to move 13 inches after combat, either in, either to another unit and then use fight again and kill another unit, or I'm going to run back into cover or terrain so you can't shoot me. That's a huge deal. If you don't, if you use that stratagem and you go, oh, I killed a unit, so I'm going to overrun. Um, no, because you're now in three. You're within within three inches of somebody. The reason why it's a big deal is because now you only get to move three inches. They get to fight you. They get to shoot you. They get to do all kinds of things. If I can run 13 inches away, it's much more tactically to my advantage. But you have to kill an entire unit. You have to be three inches away. 
I played it wrong in game four at ATC, thought that all I had to do was be three inches away, read the stratagem and went, I can't do that because I had to kill the unit, and I lost that game. It's the only one I lost at ATC was that game because I played that stratagem wrong. The person I was playing against didn't ask to read it. He didn't say I was doing it wrong. I did it of my own accord to make sure I was doing it right. Now, well, I mean, that's 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 what separates you from the from the, the toxic jackasses. Well, what my question is, is what bothers me are the top players and the people that win constantly buffaloing their first three to four opponents because they're uh, garage players and they know the person's name and they're just happy to be playing against that level of person. They don't question any antics that they do, and they get steamrolled, not only because the player's better, but also because they're manipulating the rules in their favor. Well, I'm sure, yeah. I, I would say probably eight-tenths out of the time that's happening. The scariest round for me at Adepticon is going to be round one. When I go up against that mad scientist that's been brewing that stuff in his basement for a year and has only played against his buddies every day and not came out, and I look across the table and I go, what the hell army is that? And I don't know what I'm getting into. It's similar to like the first two rounds of Magic, trying to get past the jank decks to get to the meta that you're used to playing against. Right. I look across the table and I see Yanari. I'm like, okay, I'm good. If I see Guard and a Castellan, all right, I'm good. I know what to expect. If I look across there and I see a battalion of Black Templars, a battalion of Space Wolves, and then five Assassins, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. You know, <laughs> if, I, if you don't adjust and he knows his army, that's the scary part, because if you don't adjust by turn four or five, you might lose round one. You know, so a lot of times people will bend things in the rules, which is a toxic jerk. Don't let them do that. The only there's two ways to make things like this go away. Stop talking about it. Everybody and those people that do it eventually just fade away. Or confront him about it and say, let's go talk to the person you're talking about. I know him. He's right over here. I prefer option two. Just saying. I think I think I think toxic jackasses are gonna be out there, man. We could we could kind of rumble on this topic. Gary, good stuff as usual, man. I, I mean one, we know our topic for next week. I got one go. thing to close it out with real quick. Do it. My topic. So I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but there was a uh a kid, his name was Brand. Uh, he passed away when he was like uh, 13 years old, right around that okay. age. I have the age wrong. And they started a Facebook page for him because he was uh, loved 40K and he was a great, he was, loved Space Wolves. The name of the, it's a closed group. The name of the Facebook page is called Brand's Great Company, right? And he had cancer. And uh, we sent stuff to him. There was a guy who showed up in an Iron Warriors full blown suit. All kinds of stuff that went happen. And when the Space Wolf Codex come out, they put him in the Codex called Brand Saber Wolf and gave him his own um, company. Company, right. <clears throat> and now in um, the Gene Stiller Cult book, right? I'm going to read this real quick. It said, and the guy's, the kid's name was Brand. GW called him Brand Saber Wolf, right? This is one veteran of the Phoenician Force Upon Vigilance, Brand Saber Wolf. Fights his way back out, waging a one-man war against the underground Xenos worshippers that culminates in a brand slaying the Gene Steeler sect Primus in a bloody duel. When the Astro Militarum finally reclaims the area, 
Brain is found wounded and out of ammunition, but alive. Upon his recovery, his knowledge of the tunnels proves invaluable in the wars to come. How? That's what we need to be like. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's what we need to be like. This is something we play for fun. It's something that we play seriously. It's something we play because we love to build, socialize, paint, hobby, the lore, all of that. How can the message from this kid and what everybody has done, that's the stuff we need to be doing. It's, it's above us. If we make it I agree. more than what we are, it's better for everybody. And yes, may the best person win, by all means. I'm all for mm-hmm. it. But win with the means that you're given, not with the means that you create. Great ending, man. That was good stuff, man. I know that's that's going to be a that's a hard thing to beat right there, bud. That's uh, Gary. That was a good one, man. So that, that's my thought. That's on it. So I didn't play yeah. it with my kids because I love the game that much. I played it because I love my kids that much, and I wanted it to be with them. But they like magic now, so I'm pretty much tabletop dead to them on those. <laughs> well, that uh, that happens, man. I I, I I I I've heard those stories, man. But hey. Uh, don't forget to check out our website at uh, grimdarklive.com. Gary, good stuff, man. I, I'm, I'm rolling right on the show, and I'm not giving it much consideration, but that was that was pretty damn good. But, uh, folks, don't forget to uh, to check out our website at grimdarklive.com, our Facebook page at Grimdark Live. While you're on our website, you can pick up one of our T-shirts, dice, or become a patron. Grimdark can even paint your models for you. We even have a painting service. We can't uh, we can't play them for you. You'll lose every game, but we can we can paint them, make them look pretty. Yeah, uh, you can gain immediate access to our past shows, take one videos. And speaking of those take one videos from Grimdark Live, this is a special series of ours. Make sure you watch for those videos. These are our extra webcasts for all things Warhammer 40K and Age of Sigmar. And topics range from bat wraps, special interviews, tutorials, and and even some live gameplay. And, uh, and you can also get Grimdark Live on Twitter uh, at Nobbler G and Twitch TV as well. And, and by the way, I don't know if you guys uh, saw it up here, but um, Grimdark Live actually has their own dice and um you know we actually have a guarantee with this dice it's the gary frank guarantee and uh with these dice you're guaranteed to roll a six on every sixth roll on the sixth day of the sixth game against the sixth opponent that is the gary frank guarantee and he also uh he also personally blesses every pack of dice that are sold so uh get yourself in your grimdark by the way so grimdark dice with your with your very own gary frank guarantee from uh from from grimdark live so all right, man. We'll uh, we'll roll it on. So we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get right on going. But you know, normally at this at this stage of the show, and I know we're running a little bit late, but I hope for you know everyone's sake you're enjoying the show. And in August, thanks for hanging with us, man. Uh, this is your this is a hell of a roller coaster ride, huh? Yeah, I'm just uh, enjoying listening uh, to it <laughs> and, and glad to be a part. You know, and at this point, you know, normally, you know, we, we start leading into a topic. Uh, generally, we talk about uh, things that Randy has to uh, say. But as you as you well know, if you've been just joining us here at the top of the show, uh, Randy was uh, in, a, in a severe accident uh, at his uh, at his at his normal job. And uh, he's uh, he's we, we understand that he's now recovering. But uh, we just we just want to say that uh, we, we are very happy that uh, that you did not uh, fare the same fate as poor little mr mr giggleberries so um you please uh <laughs> let us know uh, uh if there's anything we can we can do for you randy if you need a new pumps or you know stiletto heels or anything like that we'd be more than happy to, to he's fine he that. was posting in youtube so you uh, look you don't have to defend the situation we, you know this is an open forum here sean we all understand you know he he's, a, he's a hell of a dancer by the way randy 
He's you know, insane. So, so, so move, moving but on. Moving I hope on. So you play him Saturday and just curb stomp Pat. What <laughs> so, all your spooky little ghosts. Move, moving on. So here it is right here. We've got uh, at this time of the sh- at this point in the show, we come across the uh, the rumor engine. And uh, uh, August, uh, you're familiar with this, right? Where we actually get it wrong every single show. Have you? Have you? Are you familiar with the uh, the rumor engine? Oh yeah, you guys are hundred percent wrong. No, yeah. we're actually going to turn this shit around. We we're yeah yeah this franchise it around. I'm telling Next you. show. So I I don't even know where to begin with that thing. Uh, August, what is that, man? Mm, kind of looks like some kind of maybe like a pump or something. Maybe like a <sighs> hard to say. Yeah, exactly. you've got uh, you've got you got some kind of a screw or threaded rod here. Some kind of a like a like a lock nut there. Uh, Going into a, uh, Gary, what is that, man? That is a uh, knee replacement for Randy. Uh, already needs one of those now. No, uh, I'm, I'm oh, sure. I mean, look, look at him. Look at him all laid up there. See that right knee looks pretty late. You know, it look it is. It does look a little swollen there. You know, I you know that um, that stage, all that whipped cream and glitter. You know, it's just uh, unbelievable. Anyway, you are so, foul. You are whole body is swollen. I mean, come so on. Real, in the background on the bottom right, where you have the little gene stealer person, there is a piece of terrain that comes, which is like a subterranean drill. I believe this is the uh, arm at the top that's holding the drill. Okay. All right. Steve. All right, go with the lame route and say it's a lever of some type. So. Okay. Steve, what, what say you, man? I don't know. It looks like something 40K. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, I don't know. It looks like something, yeah, mechanical. So I would. So says the forty k, the, the fantasy guy. Gotcha, Sean. I'm gonna kind of agree with Gary on this one. Uh, I'm gonna go with it's gonna be probably a piece of terrain that will be used in the kilting box for probably uh, 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 cult, Gene Silver cult. Okay, could like be a drill or like a pump or you know something like that. Right. Well, that like was maybe a crane. You know. That was definitely uh, one of the one of the harder rumor engines, man. So uh, it was uh, it was a it was a it was a tough one. But yeah, we're winding the show down, and uh, as we start to wind the show down, we have uh, today's question of the day, and uh, which is brought to you by GameStorm Games. They're a uh, land gaming center, card shop, computer Xbox 360 repair center. They hold video game and Magic the Gathering tournaments, as well as tabletop games of all sorts. You can visit them at 1243 State Street, Suite 107, Lamont, Illinois 60439, or get them at GameStormGaming.com. So here it is. Uh, August, and, and we're actually going to give you a shot at this one too there, Steve. Um, August, we're, we, we got a question of the day. We're going to throw it at you first here, bud. So here it is. What was the most difficult rule or concept to learn for, for pick one, either Age of Sigmar or 40K that you can recall? So for mine, I'm actually going to be applying it to both systems, both 40K and Sigmar. Got and it. Okay. It's the concept that things are not meant to be very tanky things are meant to die quickly because I think that gives you a certain level of like satisfaction when you're able to kill things, you know, going back to sixth and seventh edition of 40 K specifically, it was very slow game. It was, you know, even killing a single guy was difficult. Whereas now you can wipe out whole squads very quickly. So I think it was really hard for me to understand, you know, why is my, tank not lasting longer why is my bloodthirster only have a a four armor save it's because they want you to 
kill things very quickly. I like it. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Steve, what say you, man? I would say breaking the mindset of the turn sequence because in the past we would always do movement magic. And now we have to do, you know, the magic first and then the movement. And so a lot of the times in the old days, you know, your strategies would be based on that movement magic. And um, it just, I don't know. When I first started playing AOS, it was kind of hard to break out of that cycle. Gotcha. All right, good. Well, good, good answers, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, as, as we as we continue uh, moving on and, and winding down the show, we're going to start talking about some upcoming tournaments. And with all the tournament activity out there, we couldn't think of uh, any other way to announce any tournaments without mentioning the great Grimdark Live partner and Frag Factory 3D Printing. I mean, what's a game? Or, or tournament without terrain. So Frag Factory 3D Printing, printing life into your games. Uh, you can visit them at their Facebook page at Frag Factory 3D Printing. Uh, they actually, guys, they've got some great stuff. You've seen some stuff on our tables where we're getting our stuff painted up right now for uh, for some, some bat wraps that are going to be uh, definitely happening here soon so and uh speaking of which um also speaking of tournaments grognard games is a proud partner of our annual armed forces day tournament held every armed forces day in may the 2019 tournament will be saturday may 18th on armed forces day where 100 percent of the proceeds goes towards the uso in support of our active duty troops so please join us for a, a great tournament armed forces day 2019 to support our active duty troops and uh, we will have a um a location uh, by our next live show i've got some things uh we're going to be working on there so good stuff to come for uh, armed first armed forces day so uh but now we've got some we've got some tournaments coming up gang so uh, that we really should mention we've got uh, obviously uh february 9th through the 10th we got LodgeCon, and we've got uh gary's broken heart we got lvo that's february 7th through the 10th holy wars uh, february 22nd to the 24th adepticon the beast that's the march 27th through the 31st and uh, we've got the D8 Summit Charity Convention in Utica, Illinois. That's going to be happening May 3rd through the 5th. Um, gang, what did I miss? August, Steve, anyone? What did I What did I miss out there? Any other tournaments you guys know of? No. LodgeCon Saturday. Yeah, LodgeCon. LodgeCon, I, I mentioned I that one. To, yep. um, I talked yeah. to our friend Kyle, and he said that he's getting some guys to come down from Wisconsin. So it looks like, uh, looks like Greg's going to have a pretty nice turnout down there. Oh, that's good. Awesome. Good deal. There's... Two next weekend. Uh, okay. Everything games on Sunday, which is Depticon Primer, and one at Catalyst Games, which is out in uh, by Rockford. So nice. That's actually I, uh, pretty cool. I do have something to add that um, in the Orland store on February twenty third, they are going to be having a, a birthday uh, mega battle for forty k. Um, the rules are pretty simple. Have it's not necessary to have a painted army, but have a, a thousand point army. Uh, one detachment and be ready for a 10 v 10 super battle on the 23rd. Nice. Oh, that's uh, and to backtrack a little bit since you didn't ask me the rule, I had the toughest time with learning. Okay, Deeper go ahead. Is how you can collect an army and not play with them. I've never seen that. Oh, rule. no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, Jesus, again. <laughs> wow, actually, it's figuring out the assault phase in eighth edition whenever you play. Board army. Really <laughs> Man. Man, these guys oh. just like to sandbag you all game, don't they? August, it, it, it's it's just a violent beating every freaking freaking show. I mean, I, honestly, all I, you I have don't. All you to do is play. 
it's unbelievable. Okay. So, so, but I'll tell you what, speaking of violent beatings, how'd you like to test out your army or skills against one of the Grimdark gang in a 1v1 game of, of AOS or 40K? How about uh, someone out there uh, you've got a grudge match against? Well, bring it. Grimdark Live is now hosting war meets at participating stores, bat wraps at our studio locations, and we we now have Grimdark Grudge Matches. Grimdark Grudge Matches are where you can uh, you can take on an opponent of your choice, and the fight is streamed for the world to see. So go to GrimdarkLive.com for more on taking part of a bat wrap or a grudge match against one uh, or or more of the foes that, uh, that that you definitely want to uh, face. So here it is, gang. Final home stretch where we ran a little bit long, but this was a good show today, man. This was uh, this was definitely fun. So. We're coming to the end of the show, and and as we come to the the close of today's show, I guess I'd like to ask if there's any closing thoughts from our from our guests and co-hosts today. So, August, I'll uh, I'll come to you first, buddy. Uh, closing thoughts. I think it's a very good time to be uh, Age of Sigmar player. Uh, I'm just starting to get back into the things, so definitely interesting to see um, all the new armies and all the new um, you know all the excitement coming around the game. Nice. I like it. I like it. Steve, get out to LodgeCon this weekend. Uh, great AOS tournament planned. Lots of guys are coming. Lots of great guys. We got, uh, I think Brendan's coming down from uh, the Wisconsin crew. So, yeah, get out he to said LodgeCon. he was going on Facebook. Yeah, get out to LodgeCon and support the community. Very cool. Good deal, man. Good deal, Gary. Be something greater than you think you can be. I like it, man. I like it, Sean. For those people who think if you get rid of composite scores, you get rid of the hobby scores and the hobby awards, you can have more hobby awards. You can make it two tournaments in one where you can take the hobby scores and make that and have more awards based on the hobby, the hobbyers, the people who go for the hobby. Right. But uh, Good point, Sean. So. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. You know, it's funny. I, I, as, as I, as I kind of waited uh, to kind of talk about my closing point which is kind of uh venomous here um i listened to all you guys with such positive messages and i'm a little reluctant now to, to kind of charge ahead and, and with, with with what i have but if it's what uh, i think you're gonna say then don't say it <laughs> well no 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 it, it, randy recover well buddy no it's um oh, it, it's one of those things that, randy, uh, we apologize. that uh the the it's it's a social contract you know you hear us talk about it here on, on grimdark live all the time and it's 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 we we have uh, that commitment to our fellow gamers and moreover to the people People. That's when we think when we talk about gamers. That's not an inanimate object. We're talking about the people there. And, and I guess if I can, I can just kind of pontificate here for for a second, since we've already burned the clock completely off the wall. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, Facebook. It's a weird thing. You know, we we here on Grimdark Live only ever use it really to promote our show, tournaments, uh, the community, and then this hobby. In other words, we're trying to network. And I always thought that was what Facebook was for: social networking. But somewhere along the line. Uh, this thing morphed into a big, messy debate club. We started arguing about everything. You know, sometimes I think we vote for things just to piss each other off. You know, check this out. I, I guess, you know, before I ramble on, here it is. True story. A few days ago, a guy that, um, you know, since we're not using names, I'm not going to uh, use any names. I know he's, he's listening, but um, a few days ago, a guy uh, that has been on the show recently, a, a great community guy behind a great upcoming event, uh, had posted his thoughts on the uh, State of the Union uh, that was given by our president. Now, now, listen, I know this has nothing to do with gamers, but these were gamers that were chiming in. And, and a lot of times, you know, they have similar um, comments about the game. So now this uh, friend of ours couldn't have been more of a gentleman about his comments regarding the uh, State of the Union speech, and but ended his opinion with a statement that said, and I'm actually reading it off of uh, his uh, his 
his, his Facebook post, um, among my friends, no judgment or hatred. What did the president say that you agreed with? And I thought, wow, that was really, really classy the way that, the way that he actually uh, put that down. And anyway, I gave my thoughts and, and, and neither, um, I'm not either a Republican nor a Democrat. I thought the, the state of the union speech was, was, was great to be honest. So lo and behold, this guy comes on and basically states that we're all wrong. And basically his sentiment was, uh, we're a bunch of losers for giving any credence to, to, to the president's address at all. And, you know, it, it kind of made me go back and reflect a little bit on some of the stuff you hear in the community. Um, then another guy chimed in and, and, and blamed the Trump for his poor performing 401k plan. And another guy you know, chimed in sarcastically and said they appreciated the president's acknowledgement of, you know, racial disparities in prisons. And another person also sneered uh, the, the, about a comment that at least he acknowledged women in the workforce. All these kind of underhanded comments. And and all the while, our, our buddy, this, this good friend of Grimdark Live, kept repeating, you know, and I'm reading it again here, friends, I very clearly asked for no judgment or hatred, uh, but it was just one after the other. These little titty twister comments, these visceral shitbags just, you know, getting their 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 moment in the, in the limelight. I mean, what I thought was really amazing here was these so-called friends were actually trying to prevent a friendly conversation. Now, I suppose with a platform like Facebook, we could just unfriend those types of people. And I'm sure that some of them would wonder why. I mean, I had to laugh at one point when one of the guys chiming in uh, with a crappy comment had the nerve to say, I wasn't trying to be inconsiderate or being hateful. Uh, I guess I'll just show myself out now. When uh, that's all the guy was doing the entire time. You know, what do you mean not trying? But at any rate, you know, why is my closing thought uh, on the show today? You ask this this crappy topic and why the frick did I make it about politics? Look, I'm not sure at, at what point we decided, you know, as, as a nation to use a platform like Facebook to, to have this never ending squabble. I don't know how we sound. We thought that that sounded like fun. Um, I think that humans are naturally cooperative and, and naturally warlike. We, we, we need to live peacefully in our own tribe and, and then eventually get together every now and again to kill some other tribe if we have to. That's life on Earth. That's why we need social skills. You hear us on Grimdark Live talk about the social contract. We, we, we have allies. The reason why we have the social skills is so we have those allies when, when the shit hits the fan. You know, Facebook is constantly short-circuiting our social skills. Uh, you post, and I believe that that bleeds over into when we're standing face-to-face -face with somebody, even some of the topics we talked about here tonight. You know, you post a few thoughts uh, to your online pals, and some isolated jackass rips you a new one because he has a bad day and you popped up on his newsfeed. So now you're under attack. You know, this isn't going to bring out the best in you. you know, do, do we really believe that these keyboard warriors would ever say these things they write to somebody's face? No, never. But we see this uh, very behavior every day in this hobby, in this community, right? I mean, we do. A lot of passive aggressive bullshit from self-entitled finger sniffers who, who are just mean little fuckers. Uh, a bunch of short pants, if you will. Now, don't worry, guys, I'm not going into another short pants story. But I think as a, as a community, we have to understand that the social contract doesn't just start and stop at the table where the dice you know bounce all over the place the social contract also extends to the people that you know from this community and the reason why i guess i hedged so much on the uh political end of it and i don't like to do that was because the people that we were talking to were fellow gamers these are our friends we're gamers so our friends and our associates the people that we deal with for the most part are gamers so whether we're talking about Sanguinius or whether we're talking about, you know, Skaven or whether we're talking about some guy that, you know, screws you over at a tournament because of a stratagem or a State of the Union speech by our president, 
it's it's all relative because you're going to carry those attitudes and those comments with you when you do see those people in person. And I think when we, when we hear Grimdark Live talk about the social contract and how we conduct ourselves and what we look for in, in, in each other, I think it extends to those broad spectrum things, even if they're outliers to why we're all here, and that's to throw dice. So my closing statement is, I think we're as we get in this competitive tournament scene, we're forgetting about the social contract. And let's all remember that and embrace that. That's it. Too long-winded, guys. Sorry about that. Everyone still awake? No. Can you? Can you? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Clap, right? Clap. He's done. No, no. All right, all right. Thank, thank you, thank you very little. So that's it, guys. Uh, another, another, another great show. Uh, Sean, Gary, and 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 Randy out there on that stretcher. Poor little guy. Would you? Uh, stop. Uh, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to thank both of our guests, uh, August and, and Steve, and all of our listeners for another great show. And we look forward to having you back next time. We discuss all things related to dice, dragons, demons, and dwarves in the Warhammer world. So please don't forget to join us next Thursday at seven thirty. So until we meet again, remember. Don't be a short pants. Let's all embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to this community. We're only as good as our last game. And as always, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So with that, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. And if you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chuck-and-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.